Good morning, everyone. <laughs> wow. That's one way to open the show. I'm, I'm really low. I'm, You're really low. Okay. Really low. I, everything sounds a little bit off this morning. That and that music came on extremely low, so that was a little weird. But okay, I think we're I think uh, we're we're set. Uh, it's, showing, it's showing up okay over here on the yeah, uh, every, on the wave pad. Everything's good. Everything's good. Good morning, everyone. I was trying <laughs> I was trying a new intro. I was just trying to catch. Yeah, go back off to the old one. The, the, and the, hey, hey, it, it just doesn't work. So I, let, I don't let's, let's try th- let's try this again. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Batter Round. I'm your host, Paul Valley. This is Zach Goodman. We are here live on a Saturday morning. Already nice and fairly warm outside. Going to be a beautiful day. Here. Mm, I don't know about that. It, uh, could, it could be warmer. You know, uh, maybe maybe you could eat a cheeseburger or two. I mean, I I'm just kidding. Look, we're, hey, we're, look, not, we're not. I, I, I would love to eat a few cheeseburgers right now. That would be incredible. Yeah, Zach, Zach had himself a night. No, I didn't. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm completely fine. I'm ready to go. Excited He's, to talk some Orioles. Zach sent me a text message at 1:13 uh, in the morning. <laughs> I was well let's, let's not go there. Let's not go there. You're allowed to drink. Glenn, uh, Glenn told a story the other day about how he was working at 105.7 yeah, The well, Fan, and know. he had to go, or he was working at 1300. And he would go to lunch with Ed Norris and come yeah. back drunk and have to do a show. Well, that's fun. So Zach, I'm, I'm completely fine, by the way. Right uh, now, I'm, we, I'm we know fine. that. I know that. You don't have to explain yourself or defend yourself. We are, we don't we don't. Although my pen just broke over yeah, here in a <laughs> pretty insane fashion. Zach had himself some beers last night and sent me over uh, mm. uh, sounding off and said, uh, "Hopefully, you can understand this. I'm about eight <laughs> eight, eight beers deep." Ah, uh, yeah, that was it was an interesting one last night. But NBA playoffs. It was NBA playoffs, so I had to watch that. And it was, you didn't it was, have to watch it. You chose. to I watch chose it. to watch. Yeah. Um, well, the, he made it seem as though this morning he was forced to watch it. I, well, I'm not. I'm, I'm not a big uh, NBA guy, as you know. Neither, I'm, neither am I. I'm more neither of a. I'm more of a football guy. More of a baseball guy. But hey, NBA playoffs are always a little bit of fun. So uh, yeah, yeah. My mom's uh, sending me some angry texts at the moment. By the way, so well, I, 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 I appreciate that. that. Yeah, you're you're exposing me over here, Paul. You're. 20 years old and you're in college. What is your mom? 21. Uh, you're 21. Yeah, I, I am. I am. I am. What is, what is what does your mom expect you to be doing in college on a Friday night? <laughs> All right. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. Guys, it's the batter on Orioles. Big five to three winners over the Angels last night. Bruce Zimmerman looked like a dog last night. Uh, through six innings. Um, through as in T-H-R-O-U-G-H. Through six innings last night, he had given up just, a, I believe it was the three hits. Um, no runs. No walks. Uh, about six strikeouts. He had gotten Otani, Trout, and Rendon to go 0 for 6 with four strikeouts. Mm-hmm. He struck out Shohei Otani three times yeah. last night. Well, I, mean, I think something has to do with the lefty-lefty matchup there, maybe. Yeah. But, but even still. Even so, yeah. It's Shohei. He's the MVP. He is. He's the reigning MVP. And the dude hits 120-mile-an-hour home runs. Mm-hmm. So uh, what Bruce Zimmerman did last night was absolutely impressive. Of course, he comes back out for the seventh thing, only had 76 pitches. And um, with 75 pitches, and he comes out and ends up walking Mike Trout, and then giving up a two-run homer to Anthony Rendon, mm-hmm. which is which is fine. That's sure. why those guys get paid 30 million dollars a year mm-hmm. for Trout to get on base and for Rendon to hit a home run, or vice versa. Um, so you're okay with it. But overall, sure. Bruce Zimmerman looked really good. He looked really good last night, and that's for the whole season, really. He, yeah, he's oh, looked, he's, 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 looked been, great. he's been absolutely fantastic. Two earned runs in 15 innings. Uh, starting this year, and the changeup has been has been the key pitch for him. He learned he he, he talked to mm-hmm. John Means throughout spring training, uh, learned how to throw it better, and he's been absolutely fantastic. Kind of taking the blow of losing John Means, mm-hmm. taking away from the blow of of losing John Means. Now you look at it. Well, what could the Orioles be doing with John Means and Bruce Zimmerman in the rotation? But 
you know, yeah. beggars can't be choosers here. The Orioles pitching staff has been absolutely fantastic somehow to start this year. And I really feel like you have to give a lot of credit to Chris Holt, a lot of credit yeah. to the analytics department. Because these guys are all out there. Just look at what look at Keegan freaking Aiken. Mm-hmm. Okay, that should be what they call him, by the way. Ke- 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 Keegan freaking Aiken. Keegan freaking Aiken. Uh, he didn't get roughed up the other day a little bit, he but he was ru- he didn't get roughed up. He threw one bad pitch, and, yeah. he, and he gave up a two run homer. But fair. He's he's thrown like sixteen balls in four outings. Yeah, this he, year twenty five pitches, yeah. twenty one strikes. That's the second time he's done that. For me, there were, there were two big things that I think the Orioles really stressed in spring training. And there was one for each, you know, for hitters and for pitchers. And I think for hitters, they talked about stressing more walks and, and trying to get on base a little bit more at a higher rate. And we've seen that. And for pitchers, it's throwing more strikes. And I think you're seeing that across basically every hitter and pitcher. These little subtle changes that they've made. And of course, they've, you know, Chris Holt obviously has made a big difference. I mean, we, we remember last year when Chris Holt. Uh, was was out for a little bit. He had a family matter, I believe. Is that what it was? Yeah, where he, he, he was out for like five weeks. Right, he was out for a while, and the Orioles pitching w- went to crap. I yeah, mean, it was it was, it was speci- all specifically Matt Harvey. Right, Matt Harvey fell especially. Apart. Right, and and you, it just shows how much Chris Holt actually has an influence on this team and what what they're able to do. Um, and when you look at the Orioles hitting coaches, obviously both of them are new. They're co-hitting coaches, and they've they've clearly stressed some things that have made the Orioles better across the board. Um, and and this pitching staff, it's terrible. I mean, let's be honest. You look at the name. And it's terrible, but they're whoa, performing. Whoa, 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 they're whoa. performing well above you, you, who they are. You can't right now. You can't say this pitching it's staff not is, last. is is, is terrible. Right. The, no team is going to pitch to to a two and a half ERA. Okay, so this year. so yes, yes, that's not going to last. But you have no idea. My point if, is, if, hang on. Okay. You have no idea if this team is going to pitch terribly the rest of the year. Do we expect them to have blowups? Last night, I'm 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 sitting there and I'm expecting them to blow this game because they haven't really done that this year. They haven't had a lead and been like, "Oh, we're going to throw this thing away." Really, mm-hmm, th- this mm-hmm. year, you don't know. And, and maybe this is what these guys did all spring, and maybe that's why they were okay t- trading Cole Salser and Tanner Scott because they knew they had CNL Perez and Joey Crable and Brian Baker and F- Felix Bautista mm-hmm. and Keegan Aiken, and maybe they knew what this team. Could do. Uh, you, you look at Spencer Watkins, and we wonder what what did this guy do to earn a spot in the, in the starting rotation? <laughs> yeah. Because he was pitching all spring on backfields. We didn't see him, and they said he had a tremendous spring. And yet he added his curveball looks like looks like a big league curveball. He added two to three miles per hour to his fastball, mm-hmm. and they believe that he can do what he what he can do. And his ERA is about three right now in the starting rotation. Now only through t- two starts, he gets a start tonight. But look. I'm not going to sit here and say this 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 pitching staff is terrible because I'm going the, to <laughs> I'll be, I I just but, but, I, I don't but, trust it at all. Okay, but I'm waiting I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. You're we all are, but you're using the wrong word. The, you, Bad. You, I'll use that word for you. You're, you're, that's still not the wrong. You're, you're using an adjective to to describe this team. So it's a it's it's a bunch of of people. It's a bunch of no names. Yeah, it's a bunch of no names mm-hmm. who have yet to prove themselves. Yeah, but all of these guys. With the exception of Spencer Watkins and Chris Ellis, who are both in their late 20s yeah. or, or, or early 30s, mm-hmm. uh, none of these guys have had the opportunity, the extended opportunity to prove yeah. themselves. So, so to sit there and say they're terrible, no, they're not terrible. They're unproven. 
That's the word you need to be using. Well, for, is unproven. Uh, that's that's fair. But for Perez, I mean, he did pitch over twenty games last year with the Reds and had a six ten ERA. So yeah, with, I mean, with the Reds, I, I think I think there's a few guys. I mean, he's Jorge, also tw- he's twenty five. Jorge old. Lopez, sure, the role has changed. I get it, but we we've seen the the way Jorge Lopez has finished. I mean, he he's had great. You know, great outings where we we go. Oh, this is the Jorge Lopez we've been waiting for, and then he'll have you know blow up outings. And I'm kind of just waiting for that from from Jorge Lopez he's because had, we've seen it before. He's been on this team for a few years, right? But that's mo- that's been solely in the starting rotation. I don't disagree with you. You're right. I mean, Brian Baker, Perez, all of these guys are, are relatively unproven. Right. It's just that I don't trust this to hold up. I mean, we're we're going to be sitting here in July. I feel like and saying, man, this Orioles pitching staff is bad. And and, and, and that's what that was and, my point. And I I get it. And I knew what your point was. I I feel like you were using the wrong word. Yeah, I, I, you might be right, yeah. Uh, terrible, yeah. because they haven't been terrible. Nothing suggests they, that they're yes. terrible they've to, been, to date, but they are unproven. They've been well above average. And, I, I and, put, yeah, I put and, it in the show description today. I said it's shockingly good. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, uh, trust me, we, we all right. agree that, this, that they've been shockingly good. And to, to this point, they've been really good. Nothing about them has been terrible. But we all know the Baltimore Orioles, and we all know the reason they've been really, really bad for the last 35 years for the most part, is because they can't pitch, right? You can you can put you can count on one hand with fingers left over how many legitimate starting pitchers the Orioles have developed since 1990, right? It's Mike Mussina, it's Eric Bedard, and it's John Means, and maybe Chris Tillman would be a fair one. But but they didn't draft Chris Tillman. Yeah, they, tra- they, 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 they traded they, for him. They, sure. they got him in a trade. Now they developed him once he got here, but yeah. they weren't the ones who went out and, and, and drafted him. So it's what the Orioles are doing right now. Look, let's not make a mistake about it. this is a 5 and 9 baseball team and they're 5 and 9. If you told me that the Orioles were 5 and 9 and asked me why I thought they were 5 and 9 before the season, I would have said, well, they're probably giving up 6 runs a game. Can't pitch. Yeah. No, that that but that's not the case. They they right. They're shutting teams down, yep. but their offense is just not good. Which is shocking to me because there there are some good bats in this lineup. We've noted that. Yeah, but and they're going to get better. And, and sure, they will. And I, I think there are still some guys that are you know hitting into tough luck, especially Trey, Trey Mancini, Mancini over oh and God. over. Um, I mean, everyone's done it. Jorge Mateo's done it. Ryan Malcastle's done it. All of them have hit into t- some tough luck. And um, I mean, we, we, we were at the game on Sunday where Tim LaCastro makes the greatest catch you've ever seen, just flying into the gap, acting like Superman to you know yeah. to rob a double. I think that was from it's Trey? from Trey Mancini. Yeah. So it's it's just over and over where where Trey will line out. And if you look at the advanced numbers if you go to his baseball savant page it's all you know good it, you clear i mean he's way above what he's doing it's it's it, he's just lining out over and over he's yeah, hitting uh, the ball he, hard he hit three balls yesterday the, the, he hit a ball all the way to the wall in right field with the, yeah. where the right fielder made a nice catch he yeah. hit a line drive in his last at bat to center field that just stayed yeah. up and mike trout caught and i think he had another one that was hit really hard that was a fly out mm-hmm. but it, it, it's Trey mancini is hitting into some really really tough luck and the, the other it, in in his instance, the other shoe is going to drop here soon. Right, where these outs are going to turn into hits. It, it, it always works like that. Yeah, it it, it always works like that. Now now, um, and wanna, there, there's something that I do want to that I do um, I do want to talk about regarding Trey Mancini, and it's him running through the base the other day, turning to his left and getting tagged out. And Glenn was straight up yelling at me for, for my opinion yesterday, which which is fine. It was it was kind of radio shtick, but. So the rule says that you have to show an obvious attempt towards second base mm-hmm. to be um, to be tagged out. Mm-hmm. To me, it, it, it's up to the discretion of the umpire. Sure. And I said, 
I thought the umpire made the right call. Now that's going to get me lambasted. Lamb, lamb, lambasted. Lamb. Is that it? Why don't sure. I just not we'll, use a we'll, word that we'll, I don't we'll, know how to say? We'll go with that. Yeah. Why don't I just u- not use a word that I don't know how to say? That's going to get me screamed at in Baltimore because it's Trey Mancini and it goes against the Orioles and Ben McDonald straight up came out and he, he was like, "That's not the rule. That's not how the rule was was written or how it's intended to be interpreted." It's he 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 wasn't he was clearly not trying to go to second base. We're taught from a very young age when you play baseball, you run through the bag and you go right. If you go instinctually, mm-hmm. I go right when I go through the bag. Yeah. Because I don't want to have any room any wiggle room right. to potentially be um to be potentially be tagged out. Right. My mom just texted me the correct word, lambasted. <laughs> um you don't want to leave any room for for interpretation there. When Trey got through the bag and he got just in front of the umpire, and the and he he looks over and sees the balls by the first baseman, mm-hmm. he made the slightest of jolts, the slightest, yeah, and then turned left into the field of play, and his foot did go over the line. Right, his foot did go over the foul line. Yeah, uh, if if you're in fair territory. And you turned left, even if you're turning left to go back to the bag, that slightest flinch that he had, it was yeah. a sl- you, but you can see it. It's mm-hmm. the slightest flinch. Mm-hmm. That gives the umpire the opportunity to say, oh, you flinched and you turned left and you're in fair territory. Yeah. If he tags you, you're out. Yeah. Was Do I think Trey was trying to go to second base? No. But I've also seen guys take a three-foot turn and decide to come back. And I don't think they're trying to go to second base either. I think they thought about it. I think Trey, for a split second, thought about it. For a split second. It could have been a nanosecond. But the but the flinch and the turn left into the field of play, and now you're in fair territory, says you can be tagged and potentially be called out. This is, and we got into, and Glenn told me, you're talking about two different things. All, all that Trey had to do was turn right. You do what you're what you what should be instinctive at this point, and there's nothing that can happen there. Trey flinched, turned left. Do I like the call? No. Do I understand it? Absolutely. I'm gonna disagree with you. I, I, every, everybody is. I, I, I think you I, I, I think you, I, I believe you was safe, but I do see your side of the argument. I get it and I know why the umpire made that call. You're right. He did he was in fair territory. He did slightly move to the left. You're correct. I don't think it was enough for me to say he looked like he was going to second base, but we know both as people who've played baseball that when a ball gets thrown past first base like that, when the guy drops the ball and it goes you know, toward the dugout, that instinctually you're going to think about going to second base. Mm-hmm. That's natural. You're going to think because if you see that you've got the room now, Trey Mancini doesn't have the wheels for that. I mean, no, we, no. We, we both talked about this not last week of the game, it, it, that not the fastest guy it, in the world. At every stadium, there's now netting. Right. To protect ball fans can't go very ball. far. So the, the ball's not getting right. into the crowd. Right. It was. It's going to roll to the dugout if that. And I don't even think it rolled that far. So Trey, but he he thought about it because that's what happens when you see the ball roll away. That's what you do. You think mm-hmm. about it. However, I don't think Trey made enough of a move. I did see the slight flinch you're talking about. He does slightly move to the left, and he did step over to the left side of the bag. So that's he did step enough. And then when he came back, he walked more in a straight line down the line essentially. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think he did enough to say that he was going to second base. But you're right. Trey made a mistake in not going right. You should always go right when you pass first base. That's right. just the way it is. And that's what, like you said, you're taught that from an early age. Right. And I guess it just slipped his mind at the moment. He wasn't thinking about it. But well, I, because I, because his initial reaction was to go left. Sure, is, is second. Right. Yeah. Even if it was for the for the for the the slimmest of yeah. margins, he or he yeah. thought, I'm going to go to second base. Yeah. There's not a doubt in my mind that he thought, balls by second. No. It, it just does feel like a little bit to me that you're nitpicking in it, that right, scenario it, it, as an umpire. It's a judgment call. Right. I, I liken it to and look, this isn't a judgment. First of all, it should be reviewable. I, I that, yeah. that's something that should be reviewable. That, that frankly, that, there's so much more in the that, game that, that should be that, reviewable. That you could and and did it alter the outcome of the game? Would it have altered the outcome of the game? Probably no, not. the Orioles aren't no. driving Trey Mancini with two outs on first base. They can't drive a guy <laughs> up from third base right. with one out. No, with know? no outs. Yeah, it, right. They, they don't so, drive guys in. So, case in point, last night when you had Chirinos on third base with one out and the ground ball, and he gets thrown out of the plate. But yeah. anyway, I, yeah. I, I digress. Um, it should be. It should be reviewable. I look at it like when a guy slides into second base mm-hmm. and he's safe, and then they review it, and for a hair of a second, mm-hmm. his hand comes a centimeter off the bag with a glove on him, and they say, "Oh, he's out." Yeah, like that's garbage. Like it, it's it's absolute garbage. You're you're, but he's out. He's not touching the bag, and, the way he, it is. and he's being yeah. tagged. That, that's the way it is. It should be reviewable. It is a judgment call by the umpire. Right. And my overall point is, Trey, with the slight flinch, and then turning left, gives the opportunity yeah. for the umpire to make a judgment call. Right, right. or wrong, it gives the, op- the the umpire the opportunity to make yes. that call. And and that's why I think your side of the argument is, is completely fair. It's more than fair. I I think that if I were umpiring that game, I would not have thought twice about it and called Trey safe. But I know that that, that maybe that's why I'm not an MLB umpire. But uh, you know, uh, I honestly, there's some rules like that where you can really nitpick as an I, umpire. I probably would have called him out. If I were umpiring, yeah. I probably would have called him out too. Maybe I mean I, I I think as an umpire, and I obviously I never was, but I would be maybe a little more lenient as an umpire and and, and probably favor uh, favor the hitter in, in most scenarios. And but I, I think in that scenario, I just wouldn't have really nitpick that much. But that's just the way it is, and it's it's fine. I don't have a problem with it. I'm not mm. mad about it. I mean, there are people that were like, you know, burning down it, it things about it. I matter. was like, guys, chill. It like it it doesn't matter. I, so I'm not clear on this rule. It, d- does Trey get a hit for that or not? He gets no hit for that, correct? He's out. Um, he re- he reached because of an error. So okay, so it's re- yeah. He, okay, he, gotcha. He reached because of an gotcha, error. That's so, what it was. So so he's out. But look. Getting back to last night's game, Orioles, that, that was a tough victory. That, mm-hmm. that, that was a hard-fought victory against a really good lineup. And I, and I said, uh, I believe I said on GCR, that this is the series. Mm-hmm. This is the series, in my opinion, that's going to prove whether or not the Orioles pitching is for real. Yeah. Because you have you have like legitimately a murderer's row, right? You have Shohei Otani, who's yeah. the reigning MVP. You have Mike Trout, who's a three-time MVP. You have Anthony Rendon, who, in my opinion, should have been... MVP in 2019. His season was phenomenal. Um, those are guys that bat one, two, three. Sure. In the order. Yeah, and, and, you that, and Jared Walsh. And too. then you have Jared Walsh, who is absolutely phenomenal. You get through that 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 top of the order, the way that Zimmerman did through six innings last night, and then the bullpen comes in, and the bullpen gets through that part of the order. If the Orioles can do that for the entire series, and, and Against the Angels, who coming into the game had the best record in the American League, which is weird to me. The eight and five is the best record in the American League, but yeah, uh, t- like 
the offensive woes of every team is is shocking right now. I mean, we have the lowest batting average of all time at the current moment yeah. through the, uh, in the season, and the uh, the OPS is well, the well, lowest. When, when Zach says we, he doesn't mean the world; he means the league. Right, right, as the league. Um, the, the the league has the lowest OPS since 1972. Um, it, it's the low. I think the lowest runs scored per game since 2015. I mean, it's just it's right now for whatever reason. There's not a lot of offense, and that's uh, it why was, I think it was a so short spring training. Are, are and yeah, sure. And the, the the hitters aren't quite ramped up. Yet. Yeah, we. I, I'm sure we'll see an outburst of hitting in June and July when the, you know the pitcher, probably even before that. Maybe, but the pitchers are going to start to get to those dog days of summer, and that's why I think the Orioles pitching will eventually even out. Uh, but I do want to talk about Bruce Zimmerman for a second because mm-hmm. you know we we saw him on Sunday and we've seen him three times now. I think in the season, maybe possibly four. Is, am, am I correct in saying three? Or four. Uh, uh, this was Bruce. his third start. Third start. Okay, right. So Bruce started opening day, and then he, you know, he he looked good. Um, Bruce, I, I think he's improved every outing thus far. I, I think Bruce, especially his changeup, he's been throwing it more and more. He's starting to get that John Means mix, where it's a lot of fastball changeup, and then mix in the occasional slider and curveball, and it, it's looked really good. I, he's throwing, I think it's like ten or fifteen percent more changeups than he mm-hmm. did last year, which is clearly working for him because he's he's definitely you know able to locate it and get guys out with it and the command has been good so that's that's all positive uh bruce zimmerman has looked like really the best starter on this team to this point uh not named john means obviously because he doesn't really count anymore since he's out for the year basically um but bruce zimmerman has been unbelievable and i i think as orioles fans we should be very excited about this considering that the guy looks a lot like john means he really does i mean he's a lefty throwing fastball change up and that's uh that's pretty exciting to me yeah, no, he, he's he's been everything you could have hoped he he would have been. Right, he he's looked fantastic. He has, and it's like I said at the beginning of the show, he is. It softens the blow mm-hmm. of Means being hurt. Oh yeah, it does. It, 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 does. it, it absolutely softens the blow of Means being hurt. Um, now look, you'd much rather them both be in the rotation doing this. Sure. Um, but like I said, beggars can't be choosers, right. and 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 if you have another quality starting pitcher. And maybe somebody who doesn't have the health issues that that John Means has, yeah. then you're looking at: Do you add that to a rotation in the future that has Grayson Rodriguez and DL Hall, Kyle yeah. Bradish, and then you look and you have now you have Bruce Zimmerman, and it, it, it's it's a nice problem for the Orioles to have mm-hmm. to have somebody who is going to make you question what your future rotation is going to be. 100. percent And uh, Jordan Lyles too deserves a lot of credit. I mean, he's, he, he's been good. He's been he's been good. Uh, not maybe not as good as Bruce, but that's uh, really you know kind of a high bar at this point. Uh, but Jordan Lyles has been well, well more than serviceable. Uh, oh, yeah. So I, I'm I'm excited to have that. And uh, you know, as we talked about all offseason, the Orioles didn't really add pitching, so you need guys to step up. And I believe it was Michael Elias or Brandon Hyde, one of the two, who who came out and said we need one of this guy, one of these guys in this group of you know Lowther and and uh, Zimmerman and Ballman and all these kind of new wave of the the Orioles pitching to step up. Someone's got to step up and take John Means' place, and that's that's what Bruce has done so far. Yeah, and you look at what Bruce Zimmerman did in the minor leagues mm-hmm. and he did this yeah he pitched yeah. well I, I mean his his minor league era um coming into coming into this year is yeah. 321 and that probably tells you why you know dan duquette got him at the deadline he was a guy who just pitched consistently he never blew guys away he was never a huge strikeout guy or a guy who was you know had electric stuff but he's always just had 
pretty good stuff and, and good enough command to be kind of a, a decent maybe three or four in a rotation. I think that's what he can be for the Orioles down the road. Yeah, I, and, if he keeps and, doing this. Right now, he looks like a number one. He does. In the rotation. He does. Now, we got to quickly move down on the farm. Last night, Norfolk defeats Durham 5-4, to four, improves to 11-4. and four. Five. Yeah. Quite a turnaround from last year, but you look at the roster and you understand why. Kyle Bradish. This is exciting. Maybe a sign of things to come here sooner rather than later. Six innings pitched, 86 pitches, three runs, one earned run, um, four hits, one walk, eight strikeouts. Ryland Bannon hitting over 300, two hits and a home run. That's good. Uh, Tyler Nevin, three hits, a home run, two ar- two doubles uh, last night. He's been tearing the cover he off has. the ball. You go down to Bowie. Bowie defeated Akron 2-1. to one. Um, They improved to 8-4. and four. Gunnar Henderson with his first home run. Brandon Young, four innings pitch, three hits, one earned run. ERA down to two oh three. Jordan Westberg, unfortunately, 0-4 with two Ks. Hudson Haskin, 0-3 with a walk. Okay. This happens. Sure. Uh, Aberdeen defeats Greensboro 7-4, improves to 10-3. and three. Cesar Prieto is absolutely destroying baseball. Needs a promotion. He's got five home runs already. He, he was three for four last night, two home runs, batting average up to 347. Yeah. Just, this is a guy, the Orioles Kid's took him in the, international, in the international signing period. Um, he's 22 years old. He's advanced, he, he's an advanced hitter, in, in my opinion. What the, the <coughs> Excuse me. He is the most decorated hitter in the, in the history of the Cuban national team. Yeah. It's a guy who you could see in Baltimore this year. He's already proving that that Double A is no match for him. Maybe it's time for him to move up to to Triple A by the end of the well, month. He's in high at the moment, so he's still at Aberdeen. So oh he's, right right yeah, right right. right. Excuse me, excuse but me. It, right. I, but I I don't think you're wrong at all. I think he could absolutely be up in the in the majors by August. Right. You, you take a guy in the international signing period who's 22 years old. The plans are probably for him to move pretty quickly. Sure. Um. And, and he sh- he probably deserves a boo uh, uh, deserves a promotion to Bowie sooner rather than later. The power is really surprising. Yeah, five homers. That's shocking for him. It, he's it, a contact it, guy. It, first, it, so. it shows that that he's squaring everything up. He's squaring. He, he, he's, right. he's outmatching that league. He's he's better than that league has to offer. Uh, John Rhodes two for four with a double batting average up to four oh five. Colton Kalzer and Kobe Mayo did not play. And. Um, Delmarva falls to Myrtle Beach last night, five to two. The only loss in the organization, unfortunately, that seems to generally be the case. Delmarva is not very good. They dropped to five and eight. Uh, Tavares two for four. Uh, Michel Desan one for four, batting average up to three oh four. So that's it for down on the farm. The minor leagues looking uh, pretty good for the Orioles right now. Three of the four teams well above five hundred. Uh, for the rest of the show, we've got Stan coming up in a matter of moments. We're going to talk to him about all things Orioles, uh, and then at eleven. We're going to talk to Todd Karpovich from Pressbox and from uh, BaltimoreBaseball.com, from Sports Illustrated, from basically every publication you could ever think of because a man just never stops working. Uh, we're also going to have uh, Sounding Off with Zach Goodman sandwiched in the middle there. Uh, and then we got Orioles banter. We're going to talk about Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, uh, Kyle Bradish. We're going to talk about uh, the Orioles season to date. And then we're going to finish things off with with uh, Take the Rake and our final thoughts uh, to close the show. That and more coming up on the Batter Round. Just want to remind you that the Batter Round is brought to you today by Live Casino and Hotel. The wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. You can bet on every sport with 61 self-service kiosks, which are open 24-7, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. Plus, you can join Pressbox's Glenn Clark and the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel for the first round of the NFL Draft this Thursday, April 28th. And you can win a VIP experience for the first round of the draft, including a reserve table 
table with four 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 with a three hundred dollar uh, tab. Register to win at pressboxonline.com slash contest. You must register by twelve PM Tuesday. Zach, you and I, we cannot qualify because we work here. Uh, with that in mind, another guy who works here, Stan the Fan. Charles, good morning to you, Stan. How are you this weekend? Good morning, guys. How are you? We're doing really well. Orioles with a nice nice victory last night. Um, what did you see from Bruce Zimmerman? He's been, he's been a different guy this year. He's been a bulldog out there. Two earned runs in 15 innings for the season. Uh, really just just wiped wiped the the floor with guys like Otani and Trout and Rendon last night. Through the first two times through the order, they were 0 for 6 with four strikeouts. Yep, uh, he pitched an excellent ball game last night. No question about it. He had uh, great control uh, of of what he was doing. He was in command. Um, I disagreed with uh, uh, Brandon Hyde to bring him out for the seventh inning. Didn't like it at all. Yeah, here, here's the thing. Uh, I, I, got, I, I, in this situation, I feel bad for Brandon High because you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. He threw six innings pitched uh, at 71 pitches, and you're going to have half the fan base saying, bring him out for the seventh. If he doesn't bring him out for the seventh, you're going to have the other half of the fan base saying, why didn't you bring him out? It, it, it's one of those things where he was kind of caught between a rock and a hard place, gave him the opportunity. I had no issue with him bringing him out for the seventh thing, because at least he gave him an opportunity. And somebody said on the broadcast last night, how do you learn how to pitch fatigued if you never pitch fatigued? And I thought that that was an excellent point. How do you learn how to pitch what? Fatigued if you never pitch fatigued. You know, maybe maybe your team needs you to go out there and give them an extra inning, and you're almost out of gas, and you're running on fumes, but you can get through it. You never learn how to do that if you've never been asked to do that. And I thought that was an excellent point. All right. Well, we'll... we'll We'll agree to disagree on that one. That's that's you know. fine. That's fine. Yeah, that's with, not a big deal. With uh, with John Means going down, how much of a revelation has it has Zimmerman been? It, it kind of softens the blow a little bit, right? Well, it uh, yeah, it, it does. We you know, uh, we, in any scenario, they kind of needed Zimmerman to step up this year. Yeah, you know? and uh, so to date, he has stepped up. You know, again, I remind people it's only three starts. Right. You know. Right. But it, it, it certainly beats the alternative. You'd rather see him doing what he's doing now than potentially pitching the five and a half at ERA. But, like no you said, question about it. it's, no question about it. it's, it's, like you said, it is a small sample size. And with that in mind, the offense has been struggling. Last night, they put up five runs. They went three for 10 with runners in scoring position, which is not great. It's a 300 batting average. It's not great. But when you look, um, at what the Orioles have done this year, it was phenomenal for them. Look, Mullins is in a terrible slump. The team's not hitting home runs. Trey Mancini's hitting into a lot of tough luck. Ryan Mountcastle isn't squaring things up the way we hoped he would to start the season. It, it, like you said, is this a small sample size, or are you looking at more uh, ineptitude? It might be too hard to tell at this point. Um, you know, I, I definitely had I had some concerns uh, about, you know, uh, a regression of a couple of the players, and I've I've often mentioned uh, Cedric Mullins as being the main guy that I was nervous about. You know, really reaching anywhere near the heights that he had last year, and I think it would be fair to say that the second guy is uh, Austin Hayes. You know, mm-hmm. I think Mountcastle will come around just oh, like too. he did last year, and uh, Mancini has. It clearly hit hit into some tough luck. There's no question about it. Um, 
I remind people last year Mancini was really off to a, a really bad start. Uh, but the part the part of his season that was very frustrating for for us to watch was if you remember that that home run he had against Liam Hendricks to win the game against the White Sox. I do the two run homer. Uh, you know, after that uh, he was just you know that that home run was on the if I recall correctly was the day before the all all star break. You know, I mean the Sunday before the break. And through 83 games last year, Trey Mancini was hitting 256, and uh, he had scored 48 runs, driven in 55 runs, and had 16 home runs. Um, from that point on in the season, the last 61 games, his batting average was very similar, 254, but he had just five home runs and 16 RBIs right. in his last 61 games. The production so, dropped off. Off so I, I'm not I'm not quite worried about him uh, because I don't think he'll have that sort of fatigue again this year. You know, um, I just would you know be nice to see him with a home run or two right now. You know, right now with the zero and two RBIs, it's uh, it's uh, again. It's a small sample size. It only takes a couple of days to turn that around. And, and, and you know, the the new left field wall certainly robbed him of a home run in Camden Yards uh, last week. And then he hit a ball last night to right center field that maybe if it's you know a little bit warmer out, that ball travels over the wall. It was a nice catch by the right fielder Ward. Um, he made a, kind of a leaping catch on the warning track. There, there are balls that Trey has hit that probably travel a little bit further and maybe get over the fence this year once once things start to warm up a little bit. Yeah. I don't think there's any question about it. You know, the, the one thing, it's unfortunate we keep referring to him hitting into bad luck, but he has hit the baseball pretty hard. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think up to this point. That's what my eyes see right now. Stan, I mentioned this earlier in the show, but there is a epidemic, I would call it, across all of baseball offensively. There has been no one hitting. It's just not mm-hmm. right now a hitting league, and it's the lowest average uh, the league has seen in history at the moment uh, for a season. They have the lowest OPS since 1972, and nobody's scoring any runs. What, is, what do you theorize uh, is behind this? Is it the ball, possibly? Is it, did they deaden the balls again? Is it um, you know, the weather, possibly? Is that is that a factor? Maybe well, being I've, a little colder I've in noticed, April than you would expect? I've noticed. I haven't put it into your words, but I've noticed in my fantasy league, I happen to be leading the league in hitting mm-hmm. with about a 260, 250 yeah. average, and the next closest team is like 238 or something like right. that. I, I I just think it's uh, a little bit of an, an aberration right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I can't imagine that this is going to last like a whole season, you know. Yeah, is is it anything to do with the baseball? Is that I, that's where I, my mind goes that they deadened it again? I, I'm never that sophisticated enough to 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 know. You know, I mean, I I always uh, hear that sort of after the fact mm-hmm. that there's there's something that they did. You know, uh, sure. I my mind never goes that way. I just think uh, okay. you know maybe it's a shortened spring training, and yeah. uh, you know maybe you, you know what it could be is without pitchers going longer distances in games, you're getting sort of the Tampa Bay Rays rayization of pitching now. Starters going like four innings, you know, they get them out and they just bring a series of new guys in 
So you're constantly, you're not facing a guy like Zimmerman last night, like a third time. You're getting two times through the order, and maybe that's it. Maybe that's what it has to do. Stan, on the other side of things, the pitching yep. for the Orioles has been absolutely fantastic. I look at a guy like Keegan Aiken, his strike rate is something like 85%. He comes in the other day. Now, look, he gave up the two-run homer. It's the only blemish on his mm-hmm. record to date. 25 pitches, 21 balls. It's not the first time we've seen that. How much of the credit for the, the pitching turnaround to this point goes to Chris Holt and the analytics department? Uh, I think Chris Holt has a, a- a good deal to do with it, you know, and the analytics probably, but I, I also give, I've got to give some credit to, uh, Mike Elias here by sort of tossing the gauntlet down. I don't know if he talked to them, but you know, as spring training evolved and said, Hey guys, it's time for you to step up. But he did, he did sort of throw the mantle down that we need some guys to start proving that they belong in the major leagues. You know, yeah. And maybe that maybe that got across. I don't know, but you know, with Zimmerman and Aiken, they've both been like a, a revelation this year. There's no question about it. Now, with with Keegan Aiken, there are going to be some people who are seeing what he's doing in long relief, and they're going to say, "Well, shouldn't he get a shot at starting rotation?" I'm inclined to think, no. You keep him in the bullpen. You make him a swing man, and he because he's thriving in the role that they that, that he's been pitching in. Are you one of those people that, that thinks maybe he should get another crack at the rotation? No, I've, I, I like where he's at right now. I, I've often, and I always tell this story, and I've probably ter- told it to you guys two or three times. I used to argue with uh, the uh, assistant general manager of the team back when Pat Gillick was the general manager. They had Kevin Malone was the assistant general manager, and the the subject that we argued about more than anything else was Arthur Rhodes. And it's, it's my opinion that there are certain players that just are going to squander the time between starts being nervous about the next start. And they'd be better off coming to the ballpark, not knowing whether they're going to pitch or not having to be on a little bit like lot, like a live grenade, you know, that they, they might be needed that night. Uh, and I think that without the four or five days worrying about pitching, you're just sort of, you go to the ballpark, you've got to be on, you've got to be on edge and, and ready to go. And I think that that has played a, a, a good uh, part of Keegan Aiken's success. And I'll tell you the other guy that I think I would really consider doing that with is Dean Kramer. I don't think Dean Kramer will ever be a successful starter in the major league. Yeah, there are just some guys, like you said, who thrive in a relief role. Another guy is Jorge Lopez, who just looks... No question about it. There have been times this year... We've talked about that. This is not new. We've talked about him being probably more suited towards short bursts, which which has been great to watch, though, seriously, at this point, is how... Uh, how he's embraced the role. And mm-hmm. Luke Jackson and I, our editor at PressBox, and I talk a lot of baseball during the weeks, and he called me the other night after that save in uh, Oakland, and he said, you know, that's the best save the Orioles have had, the most dominant save that they've had since Zach Britton was here. Oh, yeah. And and I thought back to it, and, and, you know, and then Luke said something like, you know, it's almost a shame that they sort of squandered the last year and a half not 
putting him in that role. And I said, you know something? Maybe it's not. Maybe maybe what he needed was to embrace that role. And without having exhausted his his attempt to be a starting pitcher, because let's face it, nine out of ten of these guys wants to be a starting pitcher. Oh, yeah. You, know, you can't convince me that Colt Sulcer growing up said, boy, I hope I can become a setup man. You know, <laughs> and every, those guys are all tremendous pitchers. Um but I think with Jorge Lopez, what really is fun to watch right now is how he's exalting in this role. You know, he really is is into it, you know. And again, that was a really dominant performance last night. Stan, I want to ask you about Anthony Santander, going back to a bat at the moment. The guy has yep. 12 walks, which yep. is unprecedented for a guy like Santander. Not the number 12, obviously, but the, the fact that he has more walks than strikeouts at the moment. It's a 12, right. 12 to 10 ratio, which is, for Santander, very, very different from what we've seen. He's generally been a you know, a, a power guy with low on-base percentage, and that's kind of where he's been over the past few years. He had a, a great 2020, obviously, but are you seeing, is this the best version of Santander we've seen, and do you think those walks will keep up over the whole season? Boy, that is a great question, Zach. Um, I mean, I remember kind of falling in love with Santander uh, that first that first good season he had. Twenty nineteen. I don't think I'm talking about. Was it eighteen? Nineteen. What? Yeah. Twenty nineteen when he hit twenty homers. Okay, but but his last month of the season uh, was just horrific and mm-hmm. and I started looking at that on base percentage and I'd seen him sort of in the in the light of a like a Ken Singleton a switch hitter not fast of foot but with good discipline and that year his his on base percentage if you guys have the computer right there in front of you I think he ended up with like a 289 297 297 okay and it had been for most of the year in the 20s and 3:30, and then all of a sudden, and there was talk that he had some kind of injury, a labrum and, injury. Yep, yep. And he just since then, it's it's tough to get a read on him because he's he's out of the lineup so much. But I've never seen the player that I saw the first four and a half months uh, of the season since then until we're seeing a little bit of it now. We're not seeing the power uh, that we've seen before. But, uh, you know, I, I think if he's going to be a successful major league hitter, and I mean a really successful major league hitter, he's got to raise that on base percentage. He's got to be more disciplined about what he swings at. Well, if this provides any context, if you look at the numbers, the walk numbers, over the four seasons he's been in the major leagues, and I'm actually going to exclude 2020 here, so three seasons, really. Right. Um, you have 2019, he had 19 walks in 93 games. 2021, he had 23 walks in 110 mm. games. And in 14 games already in 2022, he has 12. So well, he's yeah. he's already 11 off of what he did last year, which is right. astonishing right. to me. That's incredible. That that's such a change. Um, and I, I guess it would have something to do with the New Orioles hitting coaches. Maybe an approach he took in the off season by himself. I'm not sure, but whatever it is, yep. I, I hope it keeps up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I couldn't agree more with you, Zach. And it's a really good observation. Yeah. Now, and it's not only an observation; it's backed up by you know by the facts. 
Robinson Chirinos is a guy who's really been serving himself well recently. The bat seems to be coming alive after a really bad spring training and a slow start to this season. Uh, two hits, three RBIs last night. The defense has been really solid. He's really worked really well with the pitching staff. How much of a relief has a guy like Robinson Chirinos been all season? And furthermore, do you think that maybe he's earning, once Rutschman gets here, an opportunity to catch a little bit more with maybe Rutschman DHing a little bit more? Well, um, you know, uh, first of all, we, we don't know what the hell is really wrong with uh, Adley Rutschman. Yeah. You know, to be honest with you, they've, they've termed it a uh, tricep and, you know, strain or something like that. They made it sound like he might miss, like, you know, a week of spring training. And then he never got back, and we just keep hearing how close he is. Uh, so I, I, I'm i not even really going to comment on him, uh, but, but it's interesting that the cover story that we've got that just came out this week is about what a catcher can mean to the pitching staff. And mm-hmm. we're seeing some of the success of this pitching staff has to do with having acquired a guy that understands how to handle a pitching staff, how to actually block balls, receive balls. Um, so it's been, it's been fun to watch. And I really... I've never gotten down on him as a hitter this year because I don't expect that much from him. Right. What what's what's been troubling to me is the days where I see him as the number six hitter, you know. Yeah. When, when Owings and Gutierrez and whoever Mateo are in the lineup, you know, that they're batting him sixth. I just never think of Robinson Chirinos as a number six hitter, you know. Yeah, not, an eight or nine hitter to not me. anymore, yeah. Yeah, and I don't worry about what he's doing offensively. It's a bonus. What he's done is he's he's helping a young pitching staff grow. And that's exactly what he was brought in to do. And it's you, you can see it. You can see it on the field. You can see his yep. energy and his enthusiasm when he's behind the plate and his, his willingness to go out and talk to a pitcher and calm him down when maybe they're losing the strike yep. zone a bit. It's been nice to see. And um, I'll, I'll just throw out that, uh, you know, I, I'm critical of uh, Michael Elias on occasion, but uh, I think they really earmarked the right pitcher in, in acquiring Jordan Lyles. You know, and again, I don't know why there wasn't a second an even less expensive version of him that was acquired. You know, I saw Zach Davies the other day beat them. I think it was the Mets or were the Nationals, and he pitched like six and two thirds innings, allowed one run. I'm going, why couldn't that have been us? You know? Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you, and and maybe it's because Elias knows we've got some guys coming and those guys namely Grayson Rodriguez and Kyle Bradish who have, they've been absolutely dominating Bradish last night goes six six innings he gives up three runs one earned I, again I'll, I'll I'm just going to cut you off I know you're the host of the show but seriously if you had Zach Davies and he was pitching well okay and, and by well I mean to a 4-3 ERA or something like that okay and he was pitching well enough to win some ball games and all of a sudden, Grayson Rodriguez and Kyle Bradish were really ready. You don't think you could turn Zach Davies into some another prospect? Oh no, uh, Stan, you, know, uh, you I mean, and I, I were... just, to, just to say that they knew that they had things coming. I think we all what, agree here. What if what if Grayson Rodriguez got hurt this year? Right. You know, I mean, uh, to me, you can never have enough 
starting pitcher. Well, I think we all agree that Zach Davies or Pineda or any of those guys yeah. at five yeah. or four million dollars would have been a good move. That's right. that's just. I look. wasn't a big. I had Pineda on my fantasy team, and when I look at that guy, <clears throat> now I haven't seen him yet this year. What he looks like, but when I when he would when I would turn on one of his games last year and watch that out of shape, you know, and think, what what did this guy think he was gonna, you know. It was terrible to watch. He actually but Zach Davies was a guy who not a, not an injury prone guy would have given him 140, 150 innings and been solid. So he his one start in the year so far, Pineda, but he threw five innings of uh, of scoreless. He ball, did that last so. year. I mean, I had him early in the year, and I thought I was a genius for keeping him. You know, at eight dollars, and he just he'll, he'll trust me. They they will not get much out of no, Pineda. Trust me, I I I wanted Zach Davies. Zach Davies too. I was yeah. just making the segue. Yeah, um, there's five other guys that I, we could have. Uh, no, they, 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 they absolutely, they absolutely could have. But to to this point, the starting pitching has actually been pretty good. They're pitching to a two nine one ERA as a starting mm-hmm. staff. So you want to see them get deeper in the games. I think that's yeah. also what they're doing with Grayson Rodriguez and Kyle Bradish down in the in the minors. And I looked at Bradish's start last night, and he went six innings. He gave up four hits, three runs, one earned, struck out eight. But what I noticed was he threw eighty six pitches. And I think that's probably more than any other than any mm-hmm. Orioles pitcher or anybody else in, on any of their staffs um, has thrown good ob- this year. Good observation. Yeah, the the the, the, the eighty six pitches. I think that we could be seeing him sooner rather than later. He was the international pitcher of the week last week, and then you look at Grayson Rodriguez and. At this point, Stan, the only reason that Grayson Rodriguez isn't here is because they got to build up the innings and they got to build the build up the pitches. What yep. he's doing, he has Stan. He has a point four eight eight WHIP in three yep. starts. He has twenty three strikeouts in fourteen and the third innings against guys who have played in the big leagues before. The only reason he's, he's not a, here he's is a the man pitch count. Child. There's no question about it. Yeah, he's yep. he's absolutely fantastic. We had him on Glenn Clark Radio the other day, and he was saying amongst his goals, he wants to work up to throwing over 100 pitches. He, he right. I, I really think that they're both going to be here sooner rather than later. Um, have, have you been able to follow along with what they've been doing this year? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm keenly aware of what they've been doing. I, uh, I wouldn't say I knew that his whip was that incredible, but yeah. I've, I've followed, you know, I hear – the results of each start, I haven't really looked at his overall numbers because each start was so impressive. I didn't bother with that, but uh, those are some uh, eye-popping numbers. There's no question about it. He, he and Rodriguez pitched into the sixth inning of his last start. Now he gave up a uh, he gave up a walk and uh, in the in the uh, sixth <clears throat> inning, and they pulled him. But they're ramping these guys up, and I think they'll be here sooner rather than later. Stan, what yeah. do you have coming up this week? This week we've got uh, general manager of the Aberdeen Ironbirds on Monday night, Jack Graham, to kind of preview what's in store for Aberdeen Ironbirds fans this season by promotions and schedule and how they're ramped up themselves for a second uh, full season of minor league baseball up there at the higher level than they, they were you know, for so many years. Thursday, Gary and I are taking the night off because it's the uh, draft. So oh, right. Instead of moving that around, we're going to have so much draft coverage that uh, I don't. I don't think we needed to kind of muck it up with a, an interview with somebody and, and something else. So. Un- understood. Yours truly will be 
in this studio on Thursday producing Ken Zalis's um, draft show. So looking That's forward great. to that. That's great. All right, Stan. Who do you think, do you think they're going to take? Uh, I know. Uh, I know you're boning up on it. Uh, I uh, Jordan Davis. I think the 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 defensive tackle out of Georgia. I think they're going to take him, uh, plug him in the middle of that line, and then I also have a theory that they're going to trade a couple of draft picks to pick up a second round dra- a second second round draft pick and take use one of those picks to take David Ajabo. Okay. Send a fourth to the Giants for uh, Kadarius Tony. That's what I want to happen. That'd be really yeah. nice. Well, we'll see if they take it. I, I I think pass rusher is number one. Uh, I'd like to see them come out with a really nice center candidate mm-hmm. uh, somehow in there. You yeah, know. I think they could but, use one of those fourth-round picks on that. I think they they can find a center later in the draft. I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum is a name that comes to mind, but I don't know that you want to use the 14th pick on, on right. a center. Yeah, so. centers are tough to take at 14. Yeah. But then if you get one that ends up being like a, a Hall of Famer or something like that, yeah. you know. Yeah, absolutely. Just ask, yeah. just ask the Pouncy Boys how, how it worked out for them. Yeah. All right, Stan, have a great weekend. We will talk to you next week. All weekend, right, all right, guys. Thanks. Always a pleasure. Yes, Bye. sir. Take care. That was that was Stan the Fan, Charles, joining us for his weekly segment. He has two great shows for you every week. Uh, every Monday night, Stan and former Orioles pitcher Ross Grimsley visit with a different guest in the, from the world of baseball. And just about every Thursday night, Stan and Gary Stein chat with a different newsmaker from the world of sports. This week, Stan and Ross caught up with former Orioles pitcher Steve Johnson. Stan discussed the passage of HB 896 and what it means for the downtown stadiums with Maryland Stadium Authority Chairman Tom Kelso. And Stan and Gary chatted with a longtime Ravens PR chief Kevin Byrne ahead of the NFL draft. You can find those shows under the videos tab at facebook.com Pressbox Sports or at PressBoxOnline.com slash video. And on Monday, as Stan just alluded to, you won't want to miss it when Stan and Ross chat with Aberdeen Ironbirds GM Jack Graham. And then Stan and Gary are taking the week off as they allow for coverage of the NFL Draft this Thursday. Zach, it's time for sounding off with we're doing Zach. That right now. Okay, I thought yeah. we were going to grab a break. Okay, No, because we have Todd Karpovich coming up at 11, so we're just going to do sounding off right now. Okay, pretty simple one this week. Um, and we talked about this last week when we were at the game, and I, I thought it would be a great idea to, to do for sounding off, and they actually extended this uh, during this week that I, we haven't even gotten to yet. So the Orioles, a few weeks ago, did a $4 ticket promotion called the 1992 promotion because you know Camden Yards is 30 years old now, and 1992 is when it was built. That's the whole reason they're doing this. Um, now, $4 tickets are to me, what you should be charging fans to watch this team, right? Like They're going to probably lose close to 100 games this year, if not more. And, and, and we're not saying $4 tickets for right behind oh, no, home no, no, no. We're talking about up, upper deck. Right, upper deck and, and the center field bleachers, the Utah Street bleachers as they call them. I don't mind them charging 10 bucks for that. Well, those are the ones that are $4. Oh, are, are no, they those really? are the cheapest ones, the oh, Utah wow. Street ones. Yeah. So, that's what they're doing and you can go up to $8, $10. There's some more like expensive ones you can get a little bit lower, uh, but not, not too much lower. Um, and, and to me, this is what they should be doing all season. This should not be just a promotion that goes on for a few weeks. Now they've extended it for three more series. They started it um, for, I think, the first three series of the season, and then they're going to do it now for, the, the I guess, the next three series of the season. And to me, you might as well just do this all season. You had, you had 155,000 fans so far. Last year, it was the worst attendance year, I believe, since the 1950s. Am I correct in saying 1970s, that? 1970s, I think. 1970. They, they had a horrible attendance year. No, I mean, obviously, COVID screwed a little bit of everything up, but the Orioles, no one wanted to come out and see them because no one wants to pay $20 a ticket to come to an Orioles game. It's then, just true. But when you factor in having to get down there, right. then having to park, parking, and you're probably food, paying 20 that. bucks for parking and right. then all the food. Yeah. 
a $4 ticket gets fans in, they're going to buy merchandise, they're going to buy food, and the food's going to cost more than the ticket itself. I mean, yeah. you pay $8 for a hot dog at that place. I mean, that's that's how these things work, and they're going to make money on it if they just actually get people in the ballpark. And I think, as we've seen, this team plays better when there are more fans. I mean, that they've won some games now where there's, you know, 30, 35,000 people in the stands, and it just looks a lot better. It's a lot more fun to have that. The Orioles are actually far from last in attendance right now. They're in, in the American they, they, League. They had some really nice crowds over the did. two seasons. They did. And 155,000 so far that's, through six games. That's very impressive. I mean, they sold out opening day. Didn't look sold out, but they claimed it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's just how many tickets they sell, not how many people actually come into the ballpark. Common misconception there, but it's just how many tickets they sell. I I, I, I agree that it, it maybe not the whole season because but why but, not though? But at least for the first half of this, and I'll tell you why not. Because in the second half of the season, you're going to have some of these top prospects. And look, I get so it. So people it's, can come in and see him. That's right, people people can spend four bucks to come in and see Adley yeah. Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez throw to Adley Rutschman. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love it. I, I don't think that the Orioles love that idea. And I, so I, I think that doing it for the at least look if if they said hey we're going to give you 1992 prices all year mm-hmm. that'd be freaking awesome I'd probably go to 30 games that's this what year. I want right you know what I mean the, of course that's what you want you're you're a college student who's broke <laughs> of course that's what you want and you're a baseball fan but um, at least for the first half in the second half of the season when a lot of these big name prospects are going to be up here I can mm-hmm. understand going back to the normal prices now if you said for this year only the 30th anniversary we're going to charge you. 92 prices all yeah. season, that's a good promotion. See, here's the thing. If you charge $4 for a ticket and you get a $30,000 crowd, but you charge $20 for a 30, ticket... 30,000 people crowd, sorry. Yeah. But if you charge $20 for a ticket and you get, let's say, $12,000, you are you're doing better financially if you get the 30000 in there because they're going to buy parking, they're going to buy... You know, uh, food. They're probably going to bring kids. We're going to buy a lot. You know, buy a lot of food in most scenarios, and, and the food is very expensive uh, there. I think you're going to do better maybe, financially. M- maybe, maybe. If, if, even at, at twenty dollars a ticket for twelve thousand, you're still spent. You're, you're getting more money. I, I see your point because the Orioles are going to sell out Rutschman's debut. I would almost guarantee that. There's no way sell they out. Don't. I don't think they're going to sell out any games this year. I don't know. I think there were. I think there were. There were there will still, be, aside from opening day, especially if they bring Rutschman and Grayson up at the same time, that would be I, a sell. That that would mean that that, that Rutschman's not getting here till June, and and it's just a it's just a theory. Yeah. I'm just saying it's not. Uh, I'm, and, I'm, I'm not and, and and Glenn has has talked about this in the past. They're gonna use. Rutschman's debut to jack up attendance, and then they're going to do another day that's Grayson's mm-hmm. debut to jack up attendance, they and then another day that, that's DL's debut to jack up attendance. Sure. You have three dates there, but I don't really think you have to jack up attendance if you just make the tickets or even eight dollars. Let's say they, they make it eight dollars for the whole year. That's so much more enticing than paying twenty dollars. Yeah. I, I I I mean twenty dollars for a ticket to watch a team that loses as much as this one does. It's not attractive to a lot of people. Yeah. It just isn't. Maybe it, us because we're baseball fans. Yeah, absolutely. And one last thing before we catch our break here. Um, Look, I understand that you want people sitting in their correct seats. When you're in the sixth inning of a baseball game and it's not sold out, and you are and you have fans that are coming down from the upper deck because it's in the shade and it was 50 degrees at game time and it's windy and it's freaking freezing and you can't feel mm-hmm. your hands, th- these, these ushers need to chill. They need to absolutely relax. All right? For example, Zach and I... We're two of those fans that were sitting in the shade in 50-degree temperatures not able to feel our hands on Sunday. We go down to the center field bleachers, and we didn't even sit in a seat. We stood in a little nook yeah. that's not in the middle of the walkway, not blocking anybody's view, and we got told to move. 
We got told we couldn't stand there. Why the hell can't we stand there? We're not blocking a view. We're not blocking a wallway. We're just standing here watching a baseball game in the warm sun. Right. Why in the blue hell do we have to move? Then we go up onto the rooftop deck bar, mm-hmm. and there's 20 open seats. At least. At least 20 open yeah. seats. We move into these seats in the ninth inning, and the ushers made us move. Look, I get it that you <laughs> sell these seats for $45 a piece, and you don't want people sitting in these seats that didn't pay for them. If you want to sit there, go pay for I, I get that. But at some point, relax. Especially after the seventh inning. I think right. that's... no. Look, nobody's coming in that already wasn't there right. at, in the seventh inning, right? Like, nobody's coming into the seventh inning and be like, oh, this is the... the it, that's not what happens. You, you let people sit in these seats because why not? What, right. what, what are they hurting? The, it's not the, sold out. Not the, even close. And, and, and the one usher was like, if I let people in, they, I have to let everybody in. I was like, no, you, it's first come, first serve. Whoever right. sits there, once the seats are full, you aren't going to have people yeah. trying to push me off my stool or <laughs> trying to sit in my lap. And as soon as we sat on the stools, everyone started coming up, and then he just chased everyone away for no reason. Yeah, no look, reason. And it, we, went to, we were like the third group of people third, yeah, right, to, right. to do it, and right. he just came over and tapped us on the shoulder and, ma- and made us go. Yeah. Relax. Yeah. After a certain point, people should be allowed to move. Um, should be allowed to move. But look, we are we are way behind here. We got to catch our first break. When we come back from Sports Illustrated, from BaltimoreBaseball.com, from PressBoxOnline.com, Todd Karbovich will join the show. This is the Battle Round. Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with our popular Korean number two sauce, and take a bite out of the crunch burger topped with home run sauce, white American cheese, and house made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. Hey guys, it's Paul Valley, and there's a new era of Glenn Clark Radio as I've joined Glenn every weekday from 10 a.m. to noon. There will be some changes, but what won't change is the absolute best daily discussion of Baltimore sports. He's Coach Kevin Willard. Glenn, thanks for having me, and great talking to you. New Baltimore Ravens wide receiver, Rashad Bateman. Thank you, I appreciate it. He is outfielder Cedric Mullins. Thank you guys for having me. Trey Mancini. Thanks for having me on, guys. Mr. Marcus Williams, who's now with us. Man, I appreciate it. Happy to be on. Happy to talk with you guys. Ravens kicker Justin Tucker. Thanks for having me. Adley Rutschman. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. John Angelos. Thanks a lot. Good to be with you. Ryan Mountcastle. Thanks for having me on, guys. Marlon Humphrey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Quarterback for the University of Maryland, Talia Tungavailoa. Thank you guys for having me. He is J.K. Dobbins. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. The great Ray Lewis. Always good to be on. He is Mr. Kyle Ripken Jr. Good chatting with you. You can watch us live at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. And podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. 
Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever is on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Help.org. All right, welcome back into the bat around. Today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Excited to talk to this next guest. He is everywhere. Sports Illustrated, BaltimoreBaseball.com, PressBoxOnline.com. He is the one and only, the hardest working man in Baltimore sports, Todd Karpovich. Todd, good morning. How are you today? How are you, sir? How are you doing? We're we're, uh, we're doing well. Thank you for taking a few minutes for us. I know you got a lot going on, so we appreciate the time. Todd, let's dive right in. Bruce Zimmerman has been a different guy uh, this season. 15 innings pitched through three starts, two earned runs allowed. What have you noticed from him that's been different? Well, I think he's uh, he's a more experienced pitcher. He has better command. um, You know, um, he's throwing. He's the key for him. It's Brandon Hyde said he's keeping his, his, his off-speed stuff, you know. He's missing his pitches, and he's really keeping teams off balance. He's been a, he's been a pleasant surprise um, for the Orioles, and really, he's a guy, you know, and Miles had a good start last time out, but um, he's really a guy. He's really filled the gap with the loss of John Means, which I thought was going to be devastating for this this, this rotation, but they, they've held their own even without Means pitching. Yeah, to what do you attribute the Orioles' solid starting pitching? Because yeah, you lose John Means, and you'd rather have him to pair with Lyles and and Zimmerman in that rotation. But the starting ro- rotation is pitching to a two nine one ERA this season through thirteen or fourteen games. Uh, where did this come from? I think you know Chris Holt a lot to do with it. A pitching coach, they're more comfortable with him. I think they're really starting to use his analytics, watching film. You know, uh, doing their pitches on based on based on based on analytic statistics. Um, the guys are, you know, guys are they come up there, they have a plan. Um, you know, the the catch uh, the catchers have been have been solid. Um, you know, uh, Trinos has been doing a good job calling games. Um, they're confident with behind the plate. Wait, Adley gets here. <laughs> we can see an even bigger improvement. But yeah, I mean, these guys are pitching well. I mean, you know, Lyles. You know, he's a guy who had a, a rough outing he started when he came back on a tear last time. Um, Spencer Watkins, you know, we'll see what he can do. Chris Ellis, another guy who's pitched very well. Um, you know, of course, Tyler Rose got hit around his last time out. But they got some guys, you know, in, in the Myers that are also, you know, Kyle Bradish is going to come up here with pitch at some point. And the way he's throwing, it could be sooner than later. I talked to him on um, I talked to him on Wednesday, and, you know, he said, yeah, he, he plans on getting the call pretty soon for the Orioles. 
Yeah, I, I especially after what he did last night. Six innings pitched, uh, four hits allowed, three runs, one earned, eight strikeouts. But the most impressive thing to me, uh, Todd, is the 86 pitches. And I think that that right now is the most pitches that any starter has thrown for the Orioles in at, at any level to date. Uh, I think that they're ramping him up a lot, and he could be here sooner rather than later. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, on, on Bradish, um, yeah, he um, he pitched. I think the, the outing before this one, he the goal was to pitch. Uh, I think a sixty-seven pitches, five innings. He went five innings without hitting the pitch count. Um, so last night they're going to stretch him out a little bit and get him ready to come up. Um, yeah, he's a guy. You know, he has. Couple, I think maybe one or two more outings. He's a guy they're going to consider bringing up because I think he's ready. And then of course you got Grayson Rodriguez right behind him. Yeah, and Grayson Rodriguez, he's got a .488 whip, 23 strikeouts yeah, and 14. He's, he's the, his his game, I think, is major league ready right now. For him, though, is is it just a matter of building up those innings and that pitch count? Yeah, I think they want to build up his innings a little more. They don't they don't want to rush him. Um, he's a young guy, um, but he's got the confidence. He's got he's got he's got the command. He's got the stuff to be a major league pitcher. Yeah, and he can come up and make an impact um, right now. I don't think the Orioles are going to bring him up this early because you know they're going to shut him down earlier. But I think, I think we'll look for. I think we're going to see growth race in the Braves in the Orioles uniform this season. Oh, absolutely. I I think like you said, sooner rather than later. Uh, I look at a guy like Tyler Wells, and he's got a good four pitch yeah. mix. He's a really big guy, really imposing figure on the mound. Um, He's had his ups and downs this year, just like he did last year to start the season before he really started dominating in the middle of the year. Um, this is one of those guys where, do you agree with me that, Todd, I say you just keep running him out there, let him figure it out at the major league level on in the starting rotation, because I think eventually he can be a really nice piece for this team. Yeah, you know, he's 27 years old. Um, you know, he has a big, he's a Rule 5 guy. Um you know you're not you're not you don't have a lot invested in him. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think you come you you march him out there a couple more times. Make sure you gotta make sure his confidence doesn't get hurt there because he's the kind of guy that when when he, when he gets when he battles things upstairs, it affects how he it affects how he plays. Um, so yeah, I think you give him a couple starts. But then again, you know you, you can't you can't put him back in the bullpen if one of these other guys come up. Um, you know I think Spencer Watkins is a big start for him coming up too because um, he's a guy that's sort of. You know, he's, he's sort of he, he pitched he pitched well, but he's another guy. You know, sort of one of his uh, his. His, his standing in the rotation could be tedious. Yeah, with Spencer Watkins, a lot of it when he does well, I think is smoke and mirrors. He's not a big strikeout guy. I only struck out one in his start against Oakland. I believe he goes today, if I'm correct, yeah. against against the Angels, and that's a really tough line for a guy like Spencer Watkins to pitch. Look, the curveball looks looks nice. Uh, the fastball has ticked up a couple of miles per hour uh, from last year to this year. Uh, but this is a guy who I think if you get him through the lineup two times, it's a bonus. Uh, I can't imagine that he's going to stay in this rotation much longer. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. The, 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 the offense came alive last night, but the bat, the bat's going to help these guys out a little bit. Absolutely, I mean? that's my next point. Scoring two runs in 10, 10 out of 13 games or whatever it was, it's not going to get it done for in, in Major League Baseball, especially in the American League, you know. So these bats got to come around and help these guys out a little bit because you know the pitch has been great, but you know, how long? How long can this last? You know, as, as far right. as I mean, every, every team is going to hit you know, speed bumps with the pitching. You know, and Orioles have have these really young guys. They have a very young bullpen, very inexperienced bullpen. You know, Brandon High was the first to tell you that. Um, so you know, the, the, the bats got to come alive and support these pitches a little bit. If they can hit the ball, I think I think the pitch is going to be okay. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. And you look at guys in this lineup. Cedric Mullins, after that monster season last year, he's hitting 182. Ryan Mountcastle's 236. Uh, Mancini's 235. Austin Hayes, 245. Now, look, Mancini, he has seven balls. He's hit a 100-mile-an-hour exit velocity. He has one hit to show for it. Um, but I, I look at these guys, and the guys that you anticipated being big-time players in your lineup – are all struggling right now. Is it just because the season's early, they had the short spring? I mean, they're 16 for 123 with runners in scoring yeah. position. It's got to turn around, right? You you anticipate that, right? I would think so, yeah. And, and, you know, Brandon Hyde, his creds, really mixed this lineup up. You know, he's had Austin Hayes hitting everywhere from from, from uh, clean up to betting first. You know, he's had it. You know, I think I think Mountcastle is going to come around. I think they're going to hit. I think they're going to hit. I think they're, but you know, they abbreviated spring training. I think did hurt them a little bit with their timing. Sure. But you know, this, this Lyle's got to do better. You know, um, you know, I think you know Odor and Hayes Hayes is hitting the ball okay. You know, um, Torino's okay. You know, um, Mullins. You know, thirty thirty last year. You know, I think I think Mullins hit the ball okay too. I think they, I think his lab is going to wake up eventually. Yeah, no, I I, I think uh, I agree with you on that one. Just a couple more questions, and we only have a few minutes here with you uh, today, Todd. Adley Rutschman, they keep saying he's progressing really nicely, but this was originally a two- to three-week shutdown. We've now passed the six-week mark. He hasn't played in any games yet. Is there any level of concern with you for for this, or is it just you think the Orioles are playing it slowly because they know how important he is? I think the playing slowly is not important he is. It's only April. Um, we got a long season to go. They do not. They cannot have anything happen to Adley Rutschman that will affect his long-term health. They, this is the guy. They're building the entire franchise around this guy. He's, he's the cornerstone player. So, yeah, if they, if they have to wait a couple more weeks to make sure he's 100%, they're going to wait because they do not want Adley Rutschman with a season-ending injury. Yeah, every indication says that if he hadn't gotten hurt, he would have been the Orioles' opening day catcher, and I think that that – is a fact. He's already 24 years old. Let's not waste any more time here. He's yeah. going to go on a rehab assignment, and we are. it's looking like he's probably going to start in the lower levels before going to AAA. Once he gets going and into game action, how long do you think it is before he makes it to Baltimore? I think he'll be here by June. Yeah, okay. By, yeah, by June. I think now, by d- early June. Early June, I think he'll be up here. Maybe, maybe, maybe mid-June, but I think definitely June. He'll have about a month to rehab, you know, um, you know, get his, get his timing together, get back in shape, and then I think, you know, it'll be a big splash here when, when he makes his debut. Absolutely. I think we'll all find our way to the ballpark for that night for sure. And then real quick, lastly, oh, yeah. I, I've been watching Jordan Westberg. I've been watching his game, and we watched him in spring t- spring training. This is a polished baseball player. I don't think he's far off. Uh, I think that Jordan Westberg actually probably gets a little bit more than a September uh, cup of coffee here in Baltimore. How close do you think he is? I, I To me, I'd like to see him get the Nick Markakis treatment, where you bring him up here and you let him figure it out at the major league level, because I think he's a lot closer than people give him credit for. Oh, I agree. He's a big buy. I saw him play a couple weeks ago. I was down in Billy. Um, and, um, yeah, you know, he, he's, a, he's a polished player. He's Big, strong kid. Um, you know, he's got a good attitude. He works hard. And the Orioles team, the Orioles, I tell you what, the Orioles, the farm system is really loaded there. And they're really fun to watch. You know, that, um, even, you know, J.D. Mondays and Gunner, you know, Hudson Haskins up at Billy. These guys are playing well. But, yeah, Westbrook's a guy who I think he's, he's going to come through the system fairly quickly. Yeah, I, I and I think that that would be another thing that would get Orioles fans uh, – 
really, really interested and invested in this 2022 team. And with that yeah, in they mind, need a, they, need a, they need a third base. And there's going to be a long-term solution at third base. They, 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 too many, too many, too many, um, you know, chairs there on that, that side of the infield. They could see Jordan Westberg there sooner than later um, because he, he, I think Mateo is the guy they want to run out of shortstop day in and day out. And obviously Ramon Arias, I think they want to give a long enough look to that he's going to play second base for the for the remainder of, you know, at least a few more months at least. Um, and then you have really a hole at third base because Gutierrez isn't hitting. You, you really don't know what you have there. So Jordan Westberg, do you think he could play third base and, and be that long-term guy uh, by June or July? Yeah, there's what they have at third base right now, those guys are all just stop yeah. gaps. You know, even, you know, Odor second, you know, a lot of the infields, besides Malcastle, pretty much stop gaps. They want these young guys to come up and own these positions. And that's what's going to happen, I think, is these guys are progressing well. Yeah, no, I, I I think I agree with you, and I'm I'm excited to see Westberg come up and make his big league debut, hopefully sooner rather than later. Todd, we know you got a busy day ahead of you. Uh, best wishes to you and your family. Hopefully we'll talk to you again down the line. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. All right, take care. And that was Todd Karpovich joining us, and I wish we had a little bit more time with Todd. That's a, he told me he only had about fifteen minutes. Such today. a good guy, and, knows a lot too, and the, and the, the enthusiasm. Oh yeah, for it. I always like talking to him because oh, yeah. he has enthusiasm for the team. Um, and uh, it's on us for running a little bit longer than we probably should have uh, before we got to him. But uh, no big deal. Happy to talk to him. Hopefully we'll have him on for a little bit longer the sure. next time we get the opportunity to talk to him. Uh, I want to point out to you guys. That the latest edition of Press Box is available now on the cover. Luke Jackson profiles Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, diving into where his passion for catching in baseball came from and how he uses a passion that passion to elevate those around him in the Orioles organization. Also inside, Bo Smolka takes a look at how the Ravens' 2021 draft picks can make progress this season, and Glenn Clark offers a very unique tribute to former to former rival Mike Shashevsky that all Maryland fans can appreciate. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you. You can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. I was surprised to hear Todd say he thinks that Rutschman will be here by June. Uh, were you thinking later or sooner? Sooner. I was thinking. I, I would agree. I would think end of May or middle of May uh, um, would be a more. But, I mean, when you look at it, we're in the last week of April right now. Yeah. Like, entering the last week of April, and he, I think he's going to get into games this week. I think he's going to play four or five at Norfolk and then be here. Um, and, and Elias said something the other day, and I don't remember the exact words, so I don't want to try to to quote him here because I don't remember. But he said something like, uh, and again, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said something like, when Rutschman is ready. He'll play, or something like that. Completely, he'll play, right? Like c- completely, just vague. And that's I, Mike Elias does that a lot. But mm-hmm. play where Norfolk? You know, I I kind of interpreted it as he'll play at the big league level, but I, I don't really know. Mike, I, Mike Elias is very very vague in his statements. I think that the Orioles, which are, is what he should do. I think the Orioles are looking at Adley Rutschman and they're saying our starting catcher is on the IL right now. Yeah, I think that's yeah. how that's how they view him. Yeah. And. Once he gets into games, I don't know that I don't think he spends a month in the minor leagues. Oh no, I think he's uh, going to spend five days. Like uh, I, well, I, well, but here's the thing: they've already said he's going to start at lower levels. He's going to start. Oh, okay. It, okay. It's either, either going to be Aberdeen or oh, man, if it's Aberdeen, I might have to go to that game. If it's Bowie, we'll have to go to the game. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. um, he he's going to be getting his start at Aberdeen or Bowie, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I think that you're probably looking at two games at Aberdeen, three games at Bowie. Five to seven games at Norfolk, and maybe, then, and, and then he's here. And, and by the end and, of May, and, for and sure. if if he's getting into, if he starts playing in extended spring games in the next yeah. couple of days, 
this coming week, I think we'll see him by the third week of May. I think the one thing is I, I would just still tell people to temper their enthusiasm a little bit on you know how he starts off because he will be coming off an injury and he might be trying to take things slow. And if he comes out in the minors and he starts, you know, he goes. 0 for 15 or something to start. Like, don't don't freak out. Don't be shocked. And I, I, real quick, I just want to mention that you look across the league at a lot of the, the best rookies right now, and those guys are Julio Rodriguez and Bobby Witt Jr. and Spencer Torkelson, and all of them are struggling mightily. I mean, they're they're batting a combined under 200 at the moment. I think yeah. so. It's you know, temper your enthusiasm and hold off your expectations we for rushing. We definitely are stealing thunder from Orioles banter. So why don't we catch our uh, our second break here? Uh, we're gonna come back here on the bat around, and we're gonna do some uh, the payoff pitch around the league and Orioles banter next on the bat around. Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with our popular Korean number two sauce, and take a bite out of the crunch burger topped with home run sauce, white American cheese, and house made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches. And top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, diving into where his passion for baseball and for catching comes from and how he uses that passion to elevate those around him in the Orioles organization. Also inside, Bo Smolka takes a look at how the Ravens' 2021 draft picks can make progress in year two, and Glenn Clark offers a very unique tribute to former rival Mike Krzyzewski that all Maryland fans can appreciate. Press Box is available for free at over 500 areas locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com stan the fan here welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors the costas inn and everybody around baltimore knows the costas inn is a great place to go and grab crabs steaks salads soups whatever's on your mind to eat in person but did you know that the costas inn has upped their game they are now one of the premier takeout places in baltimore give them a call now to order your food 410-477-1975 that's the costas inn over 4100 north point boulevard answering baltimore's calls for help running in when others run away working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city that's your baltimore police but the department needs more good people people like you join a proud new generation of baltimore police and make an active difference in your community start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one join for good at bpdrecruit.org All right, welcome back to the Bat Around. I am Paul Valley. He is Zach Goodman. Today's show is brought to you by 
Glenn Clark Radio, which is the definitive place to find the best daily discussion of Baltimore sports. Watch the show every weekday from 10 to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. With podcasts available on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts, you never know who might pop up on GCR. This week, the guys called up with MLB's top pitching prospect, Grayson Rodriguez, Kevin Willard's first Maryland basketball commit, Noah Batchelor, and Stanford defensive lineman and Gilman alum, Thomas Booker, who will be an early pick in the NFL draft. Find those interviews and more in the Glenn Clark Radio Week in Review feature right now at Pressbox Online. Wow, at Pressbox? At PressboxOnline.com. And it is now time for the payoff pitch around the league. Robinson Torino's had two hits and drove in three to back six-plus solid innings from Bruce Zimmerman as the Orioles picked up their second road victory 5-3 to three over the Angels. Aaron Judge homered twice and drove in three to back a solid outing by Jamison Tyon as the Yankees defeated the Guardians 4-1. to one. Zach cried. Xander Bogarts had three hits and Rafael Devers added a home run to lead the Red Sox over the Rays 4-3. to three. Santiago Espinal and Brad Zimmer hit back-to-back homers off of Justin Verlander to tie the game in the fifth, and Matt Chapman brought home the go-ahead run in the ninth with an RBI double as the Blue Jays topped the Astros 4-3. to three. Paul Goldschmidt tallied three hits and two RBIs, and Nolan Arenado continued his hot start with two hits to lead the Cardinals past the Reds 4-2. Austin Slater and Brendan Crawford combined for five hits and six RBIs as the Giants handled the Nationals 7-1. Harper, Castellanos, and Real Muto collected two hits each, and a three-run eighth inning lifted the Phillies over the Brewers 4-2. Matt Olson drove in two runs, but Kyle Wright stole the show with 11 strikeouts over six shutout innings as the Braves blanked the Marlins 3-0. Roberto Perez homered and drove in three to lead the Pirates past the Cubs 4-2. Carlos Correa led the rally as the Twins scored two runs in the eighth inning on his hit and an error to take down the White Sox 2-1. Julio Rodriguez and Jared Kelenic Kelenic? I can never get that. Kelenic. Kelenic. And Jared Kelenic com- combined for four RBIs while Eugenio Suarez collected three hits to back Chris Flexen's seven innings of one-run ball in a Mariners 4-1 victory over the Royals. James McCann hit a two-run shot and a David Peter- and David Peterson gave up one run over five in the third innings pitch, but it took extra innings and an infield RBI single from Starling Marte in the 10th for the Mets to take down the D-backs 6-5. Mookie Betts homered twice, and Max Muncy drove in three to lead the Dodgers over the Padres 6-1. And Nate Lau homered and drove in two, and Glenn Otto allowed two hits over five innings to lead the Rangers over the A's 8-1. Rockies and Tigers were rained out. Game will be made up in a day-night doubleheader today. All right, it's my turn. For Saturday, we have a a three- one o'clock game schedule with the Giants and the Nationals. Alex Wood will start for the Giants against To Be Determined for the Nationals. I love uh, that guy. The first, do you, Alex to Wood? Be, no, to, to, oh, be to Be Determined. determined. <laughs> one of my favorite, favorite pitchers. Pitches a have, lot. He, he does. Uh, the Cleveland Guardians, the seven and six first place Cleveland Guardians, will take on the New York Yankees and look to bounce back after last night's loss. And finally, your final one o'clock game: the Rockies and the Tigers. That day, or the, the game one of that two day or that two game doubleheader, I should say. As Tariq Skubal versus Anthony Centazella. If I say that, I can't. I can't say that name. That's that's. I just butchered that one. I'm sorry. You're you're, you're crushing it. At 2:20, we have the Pirates and the Cubs. Zach Thompson versus Kyle Hendricks. Your four o'clock games: the White Sox and the Twins. Vince Velasquez versus the former Oriole Dylan Bundy. We have the Brewers and the Phillies at 4 p.m. Adrian Hauser and the Ace Zach Wheeler. But he has a 9.39 ERA this year, so looking to turn it around a bit. The Rangers play the Athletics. 
at 4 o'clock again, Martin Perez versus Frankie Montas. The Cardinals and the Reds, Dakota Hudson and Tyler Maley. Uh, we have the first place Blue Jays against the 6-7 and seven Astros, Alec Manoa, the young starter. Who I read a, a, a fan-sided piece yesterday about him being on the track for Cy Young, and I'm not sure why we should ever write a, uh, a piece about a Cy Young winner in April, but that's what was written about Alec Manoa. And then Jose Urquidy for the Astros. Uh, the Red Sox have the Rule 5 pick Garrett Whitlock going against the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, the Rockies, that's a 6 p.m. game, by the way, and the Rockies have a 640 game. Uh, they're second of that doubleheader. Austin Gomber versus a, a guy I've never heard of yet, but Bo Brisky will start for the Tigers. At a 7 p.m. game, that. Bo Brisky. Bo Brisky. The Marlins at 7 o'clock will play the Braves. Eliser Hernandez versus Ian Anderson. Another 8 o'clock game here. The Mets against the D-backs at Chase Field. Trevor Williams takes on Humberto Castellanos. At 8.40, the Dodgers are at the Padres. Tyler Anderson, who's having a great start to his season, versus the legendary, well, I shouldn't say legendary, but the, uh, the star, Yu Darvish. The Orioles take on the Angels. Spencer Watkins looks to keep going with his solid start to the season. Faces off against Thor at 9 p.m., the Orioles at the Angels. And finally, your final night of the game at 9 p.m., Chris Bubich versus Matt Brash, the rookie, the Mariners and the Royals. A lot of hard names in that one. That very, very difficult names to pronounce. Anthony Centazella, I can never say that I, one. I, I imagine that if you prepared it the night before. Oh, I, read, I, read, I read over the whole thing like multiple times. I just can't. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at pronouncing these names. Yeah, no, you know what, though? Yeah, I'm just giving. Hey, I, I'm just. I'm, ca- calm down over there. I'm just giving, the, you, I'm giving you a hard time. The Rays one, um, I didn't even try to say it. J- J.P. Fierison. I can't say Fierson. that. Fierson. Is it Fierson? Is that Fierson. how you say it? I can't say that Stan name. Asked, Stan asked us, and you answered him specifically on the show a few weeks ago about, about oh, Fierson. Oh, did I really? I don't remember and you, that. And you said, I think it's Fierson. Oh, I, I think I did. Oh, maybe I did. Fast forward three weeks, those eight beers last night, Zach just can't. He, he can't. <laughs> uh, Jose Arquiti. I mean, some of these names. Uh, are, you I said it right. I, I said it right. Yeah. I don't, and then um, Humberto Castellanos. I got that one right. I don't know. Sorry, guys. Humberto. T- tough, tough, uh, tough stretch of names Humberto this. Castellanos. I promise you I read over it. It's um, just a difficult one. No, nah, it, it's. It, 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 this isn't the first time that Zach has struggled with names. <laughs> I always struggle with names. It's, he, it's come to it's come to be a, expected. Aaron Oster, Ralph. What would you call him? Ralph. Ralph Friedkin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ra- Ralph Friedkin. That, that was the roughest one. Yeah. Juan Dixon. Happens uh, to the best. No, of I'm just kidding. It, he, he Zach sometimes has a, a reading man. It's it's hard. I get it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> He's hating over here. All right, moving on, moving on. All right, guys, it is time for Orioles banter, and I want to jump in back, back in on Adley Rutschman. And look, we are concerned, but I think Todd was right. I think that they are that they are slow playing it with him because sure. this is your franchise. This, despite all the guys that we think are going to be really good players, Adley Rutschman's your franchise, right? So you don't want to risk anything at all with him. So you got to slow play it, get him. And I'm sure that he's chomping at the bit. I'm sure he's down there like, guys, I feel fine. Can you let me throw a 100-mile-an-hour seed down to second base, please? Um, but better safe than sorry. There are fans that just aren't freaking paying attention. And this is where I get irritated. When these fans are like, oh, this guy's up and that guy's up. Call up Adley already. He's not playing. He's hurt. Mm-hmm. Do you live under a rock? Even if you are a casual Orioles fan, you should A, know who Adley Rutschman is, and B, know that he's not just Wasting away at Norfolk right now. Mm-hmm. He's not playing. Oh, why haven't they called a uh, uh, Rutschman yet? Because he's not playing. Where are you? Like, what is happening here that people don't understand that the reason Rutschman isn't on the roster is because he isn't on any roster because he's been hurt for six weeks. 
Zach? Yeah. No, I'm I'm just I'm just letting you vent. I mean, honestly, this is your time. Keep going. It, it's just it's mind numbing to me that that oh it is. Look, look, there are plenty of things that you can hate on the team and ownership about, and the people. I I, I put this up there with oh. Angelos doesn't care about this team. He needs to sell the team. When people say that, they're not talking about John Angelos. They're talking about Peter Angelos, who has been in declining health for three to four years, who hasn't been running this team for three to four years. Uh, Like, like Peter Angelos really only has... The only thing he has to do with this team is his name is is under the ownership. It's literally his, his sons are running the team, and mainly John Angelos. So, Adley Rutschman's coming... The, it's not like he's not here because they don't think he's ready. He's not here because he's not playing. He's because hurt. they're slow playing his return from a triceps injury. Yep. Uh, and when he, when he's ready to go, he'll get a, a taste of minor league action to get his swing and his timing right, and then he'll be at the major league level for right. the the rest of the year. And like I said, temper your expectations of what he will do when he gets to the major league level because it's going to be... You know, he'll have an adaptation period. He's going to have to adapt to the majors, and, and guys will, maybe if, even if he starts, starts hot, um, you know, he, let's say he starts out hitting 300 over his first 15 games, then guys will adjust. I mean, there's so much video and analytics that go into this stuff these days, and pitchers will adjust to him, and that's the way it is. And it, even if he starts good, temper your expectations. If he starts bad, temper your expectations. That's just my advice with Rutschman. And you look across the league, like I said, with Julio Rodriguez and Bobby Witt and Spencer Torkelson, three guys that are top five prospects in baseball like Rutschman and are all struggling to hit 200 right now. So that should give you a good idea of of maybe what Rutschman might do when he comes up to the majors. Now, he might have a lot more success. We have no idea. But I'm just saying that I know people are going to expect him right off the bat to be an MVP candidate. And that's just not realistic. And you just can't expect that out of a guy. I mean, very rarely does that happen where a prospect comes up and they and they perform like they should. I mean, that Bryce Harper did it, you know, years ago. And, of course, Juan Soto did it just pretty recently where they come up and they're already an MVP candidate. But you just can't expect that with, with Adley Rutschman. It's just, yeah, you, you got to... And, and look, here's the other thing. Some of those guys that you're naming, they're 20, 21, right. 22. Rutschman's 24 he years is, old. He is, um, he He's probably a more polished player oh, yeah. at this point. The, the the talent that you see in a Spencer Torkelson and a Julio Rodriguez and a and a Bobby Witt yeah. Jr., the athleticism, yeah. the talent, it's off the charts, and that's yeah. why they're here. Mm-hmm. But they're not as polished right. right now. They're not as... They're not at, their whole game isn't as ready. As Adley Rutschman's is, yeah. Um, right. Same thing but, with Andrew Vaughn a few years ago. He's another right. good example. He, of the homered, guy. he, he was a, he was a lone run for the White Sox, right? And now Vaughn, Vaughn had a pretty pedestrian start to his year, and he ended up getting a little better uh, towards the end of the year. He but hit, he his, hit like two thirty five last year with fifteen right, home runs. Right, exactly. And and that's just the kind of things you should expect. I mean, Vaughn is going to be a really good hitter. He, he, he's going to be an MVP candidate, right? Maybe as early as next. year. I mean, he's going to be putting up the numbers like you know his teammate Jose Abreu does, yeah. and pretty soon because that's the kind of hitter he is. But you've just got to temper your expectations with these guys. I mean, you remember Yasiel Puig's debut uh, back in 14, 13? No, it was like 20. Was it that long ago? Yeah, something like that. I mean, that guy came out and he was hitting 450 through like three weeks and it was unbelievable. Now Yasiel Puig's can't even get a job in MLB. So again, some of these things are going to work the opposite way where Rutschman's going to come out and he, he might start well, slow. And, and, and the thing with Rutschman though, in his first at bat against live pitching down in extended spring training mm-hmm. this past week, he homered. Of course. Off who? Uh, I, they don't tell us that. Okay, man. there's yeah. no way for us to know that. But he, but he homered. And I'll um, ask Eric Garfield. He'll probably know. Uh, yeah. Um, how's he doing, by the way? Uh he he's doing better. From what I'm hearing, he's uh, for for those of you who didn't know, he had a uh, little bit of a, a health scare. So he's he's okay. He's doing good. Um, right. we're, we're glad to hear it. Yeah, and 
So moving on, I want to talk a little bit about Grayson Rodriguez, who is absolutely dominating right now. And this is a guy who's got a .488 whip, which is probably the most impressive number that he's put up down there. Um, he's got .488 whip. Uh, he's 23 strikeouts and 14 in the third innings. Five hits, just five hits allowed. Microscopic ERA. Uh, for him, this is a dude that's major league ready who just needs to up his pitch count. Yeah, sure. Um, sure. Same thing with Kyle Bradish. And Kyle Bradish, I think he's going to be here... Very soon. The, yeah, the, the I, fact you, that you it, have to think. And that was my final thought a few weeks ago that they, they need to bring him up very soon. The, um, the fact that but 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 what I love here is that they don't. They they, they don't because the, uh, the, the pitching staff is it, pitching so well right now right now. Right now there's not a need. But right now hang on. Yeah. Right now there's not a need. Because the pitching staff is pitching to a two nine one ERA from the starting rotation, uh two eight one overall. It's you can let these guys build up without the pressure of you got to be here right now. Yes, they, they probably need a guy who can pitch better than Chris Ellis and Spencer Watkins inevitably will pitch. Right. However, at the moment, everybody's pitching well, so there's less pressure to get these guys here, and you can take your time and get them ready to go. With that being said, you're probably going to have Chris Ellis go back down, and you're probably going to, sure. for some, they love Spencer Watkins. They love Spencer Watkins. I, Kyle Bradish. Now, if he goes out and gets lit up, which look, God love him. He 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 does. I guess more with what he has than most people would have. But I think he's getting lit up by that Angels team today. I mean, they're one of the I best offenses so. in baseball. I mean, Otani, Trout, Rendon, one, yeah. two, three, three MVP caliber players. Right. Against Spencer Watkins. And I bet you anything, they're sitting there right now in Angel Stadium watching film. Spencer Watkins is saying, all right, how do we screw up this guy? Because if you remember, his first start ever, I was actually at that game last year, and I don't remember who it was against, but he came out and he pitched like six five, innings. five or six good innings, and he was it was like two-run or one-run ball, or maybe even mm-hmm. no, I, I don't remember. But he was really good. Um, and then guys started to figure him out, and he, and like you said, he's made some changes. He's added some velocity to the fastball. His, his breaking ball looks a little bit better than it did last year. But I, I'm waiting for the shoe to drop with him. He's the guy. Chris Ellis for me, I think he can pitch okay. You know, kind of at like a slightly below average level, and that'd be perfectly fine. But Watkins, I expect to blow up at some point, and that's yeah. why I'm saying Kyle Bradish will eventually, well, not eventually, I think sooner rather than later, take that spot. It's it's in my opinion. That's why I, when you were talking about this, I was you know disagreeing with you here. Is that I don't ever say that you're good enough. I want to keep getting better, right? And if, and if Kyle Bradish can make you better, that's that's what you should do. Let, that, 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 that's not what I said. I didn't say you're good enough. What I said... Well, you said there's well, no need for it. There's no need at this moment. The, right. Exactly. What I'm saying is, and this is the same thing where you're calling this pitching staff, the, the pitchers on this team, terrible, when nothing has shown this year that they are terrible. And the fact of the matter is they're just they're unproven. Mm. You look at this staff right now, and they're pitching well enough right now. Mm-hmm that you don't have to rush your guys. We know that the other shoe's going to drop, and these starting pitchers are going to start to struggle. Right. Not, not all of them, but probably Ellis and probably Spencer Watkins are going to start to struggle, yeah. and that's when you're going to have the need. So right now, you don't have to rush Bradish to get here. You can let him make another start or two or three at the minor league level and then be like, okay, you're here at the in the beginning, middle of May, and you're going to get a shot at a, a lengthy leash in this rotation. In in mid to late April, they don't need to be forcing their hand. 
I, I totally agree. And, the, I totally and, agree. And, and, and that's my point, is that there's no yeah. pressure right now because the pitching staff is pitching so well that you can let him still develop a little more. No, that that's I, I agree with that. I mean, I, you don't want to rush guys, and, and that wasn't really my... I'm, my opinion is not to rush guys. I never want to rush guys. That's always a bad idea. And, and, and as, as if the Orioles have figured out, like with Kevin Gaussman in previous years and many prospects that they've had, that they've rushed, uh, it doesn't always work out for you great in the long term. So I, I totally agree with you. I'm not trying to dispute that. All I'm saying is that Kyle Bradish can give really any team a boost at the moment because he is a really good pitcher. And he's going to hopefully be a long-term good pitcher for the Orioles. And I'm ex- I, I think we're just excited to see him. And it's my excitement maybe taking over uh, my, my brain at the moment. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Kyle Bradish is he's going to keep pitching well in AAA most likely, and and he's going to earn it. He's just going to be here pretty soon, I, I would think, by the middle of the end of May. Yeah, uh, right. And I think we're on the same page. He, uh, he may even be up before that. It may be. He right, may- I mean, if there's an injury, then sure. Yeah, uh, and... And that makes me want to talk about Tyler Wells okay. a little bit. Um, two of his three starts haven't been good. No. Right? Uh, for me, with Tyler Wells, there's not the concern that I would have with anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, or with somebody else, I should say. Because he's just getting back into this. He's yeah. just getting back into starting. He's, he's still learning how to pitch at the big league level, and this is a guy who, despite his four-pitch mix, and he can be intimidating at times on the mound with his stature and how hard he throws, mm-hmm. he doesn't know how to get a guy out with two strikes. Yeah. He, that's something that, that where he, you can still see that he's green in that area. He struggles with two strikes to get guys out, and he kind of has had, in his short career, a tendency to let things snowball. Mm-hmm. Right, he gave up that home run to Pache after he should have gotten a strikeout to a couple pitches before, and he let things snowball. He's got to find a way to. He's got to find a way to get to to throw that out pitch, and the stuff is there. He just hasn't done it yet this season. Right. Um. So I look at him. I don't think you put him back in the bullpen. I don't think you send him back down to the minors. I think that you give him every opportunity until he he gives you a reason to believe. You know what? This is never going to happen. But I think that Tyler Wells is one of those guys who's going to figure it out and be a solid piece in your rotation. I don't like the idea of piggybacking him every start. No. Uh, I, I don't like the idea of, well, he's going to be a tandem guy all summer long. Why? Why Why would you do I that? I don't have then? a good answer for you there. I Personally, I, I said this before, but I, I would much rather see Ballman in the rotation at the moment. Um, I, 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 see, I, I wouldn't mind it being Wells and then Ballman right now. But at some point, find a guy that can give you six innings. Right, right. What what if you need to use Ballman or Aiken in another game, and then your plan for Tyler Wells is shot? I, yeah, I, I'm never a big fan of the three inning, four inning openers. I just, I, hate it. I, I just don't think that's a starting pitcher. That and, and that's what they're doing with Tyler Wells. And sure, they might build him up. And I think we we're both under the assumption that they are going to build him up. But if he can't get through those three or four innings without blowing up, then you're never really going to be able to build him up. You're never going to be able to get him to five or six if he's if he's giving up four or five before he gets to the fourth inning. So that's that's kind of my point. Like it's 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 good in theory what they wanted to do with Tyler Wells, but now we're seeing it actually play out. And I think they're starting to see maybe the limitations of what you can do with this kind of theory. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. I just, I always thought it was weird that the Rays did it, and I think I hated I, it when the Rays did it. I think part yeah. of the reason that the Rays haven't won a World Series mm-hmm. is because of the fact that they do stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I think that in order to be a, I don't care what you say, in order to win a championship. You need to have three guys in your rotation that yeah. you know on any start can go out there and give you seven innings. Right. 
You you need at, at least that. And you look at how the Nationals won a World Series in 2019 despite having historically one of the worst bullpen at the time, historically the worst awful. bullpen in the history of baseball. Yeah. It's because they had Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg to go out right. there and start. And Corbin was on fire and then, that and year, then, too. And then Patrick Corbin would come in in relief. Right. And, and so they'd, the use, they, they'd use... Right, in the playoffs. They'd use the starters that they knew weren't going to pitch in that series as as a starting pitcher right. and bring them in in relief. But you're letting Strasburg and uh, Scherzer go seven innings. Right. Or eight innings. I mean, Strasburg was a World Series MVP because he was just so un- untouchable. Right. You need guys... And if, and if you look... Down the line, teams that win the World Series always have dogs in their rotation. Why am I blanking on who won the freaking World Series last year? Uh, it was the Braves. That's right. Thank you. Uh, my my mind just completely <laughs> went blank. I'm sitting there and I'm like, I know the Astros lost the World Series. Mm-hmm. But, but you look at that and the Braves had a rotation with guys that could get deep in the games. Uh, Charlie Morton, even though he broke his leg and then he still struck out a guy. Uh, after that, you look at yeah. um, Kyle Wright. Uh, what's his name? Ian, Ian Anderson. I- Ian Anderson. Uh, they have guys in that rotation that can get you deep in the ball games. And the reason that the Rays have struggled so much once once they get to the playoffs is because you can't win a series letting your starting pitcher go five innings. Right. Pulling out Blake Snell in that in that oh. in, in Game Six of the World Series uh, two years ago, after what fifty three pitches and five innings, and, and then trading him. And then, well, after and, that. And, and, he hasn't, and he hasn't been very good. <laughs> no, he hasn't. He hasn't. I thought he was going to go out there and win a Cy Young. Frank, it's kind of weird because they're, uh, the Padres are, are very stacked at almost every position, but it seems like the pitching staff hasn't done as well as you would have expected them to with all the guys that they do have. I mean, they are stacked. All five guys are good. They're another team that they're probably going to make the playoffs this year. That'd be my guess. And because they have guys who, like you said, can go out there and throw seven innings on a given night. That's um, and, and, and Manny's playing at an MVP level. Right. right and now. when Tatis comes back in two months, three months, they're going to be able. I mean, they're they're probably going to be yeah. up there with the Dodgers. Uh, you you, you kind of just hope if you're a Padres fan that they can they can stay right at or right above 500 yeah. while Tatis isn't here. Mm-hmm. And then once he gets here, you 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 take off. Bob Melvin. Is Great a freaking manager. difference maker. Yeah. He's a difference maker there. Just and like I mean, Buck is in New York. Right. I mean, and Tatis, when he comes back, he could be worth, he's going to have what, maybe four months of the season left when he comes back? Three months? I don't know. It, I'm they not said, exactly they sure. said it was a three month injury. Okay. And, he, and it happened in, what, mid March? Yeah. So he'll have July, August, and September at, at the very least. Yeah, uh, is, is yeah, what he, we would he could be back mid to late June, and, yeah. then, and then he'll have maybe three and a half months. Right, so three and a half months is well enough to get to you know give your team an extra four wins, assuming that he stays healthy. Assuming because he does, he's yeah. he's had little little no more motorcycles and bruises. No, yeah, no more motorcycles. In fact, he even thought it was okay to ride a motorcycle, kind of like, just like Ben Roethlisberger. Like, like what are yeah. you thinking? What are you thinking? Um, but the the shoulder injury that he had just from swinging. You know what I mean? And uh, are they going to put him back out in 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 the outfield again? Is that what's going to happen with him? Because you, you have Great Kim question. and you have Abrams. Uh, yeah, I, I know Abrams is off to a really slow start too. Another top prospect that is not off to a good start. And and Hayson Kim has had his his issues at the plate as well. Yeah, yeah, but maybe they like the defense because he's not a good defensive shortstop, Tatis. He, he, no, not, not at all. He'll make a spectacular play here and there, but overall, he's not a great defensive shortstop. So uh, that athleticism. Uh, putting that in the outfield, I think that's a big thing for the Padres. But I don't know why we're talking about the Padres on an Orioles show. But eh. yeah, hey, Song Kim though, he is six for thirty on the year, and then you have um, two hundred batting average for you math whizzes out there. C.J. Abrams is four for thirty-five. So yeah, there, there's just some some definite uh, mm. some definite issues going on with the with the Padres middle infield, and, and Tatis is going to provide a, a big uh, big help there. Yeah, when I look at the Padres, honestly, after Manny and Tatis, 
And maybe Hosmer. Who else do they have? That's really, I mean, J- Jake Cronenworth is a good player. Oh yeah, that's he, right. I always he, forget. He's one of those guys who I just always forget about. Although every really, I'm looking up and down the lineup right now, and almost every guy is off to a horrible start. But that's kind of part of the for course, Manny. except for Manny Machado. Um, but you know. I, that's kind of par for the course for everyone across baseball yeah. right now. There's not a lot of teams they're hitting. Um, and if you look up and down this lineup, there's another one. Eric Hosmer is having a, a good start to the season, but him and Manny he are He does the that only every two. year. He does that every Eric year. Eric Hosmer starts hot every year, and then yeah. you look at him in June, and he's hitting 260. Trent Grisham is another uh, very pretty decent player. I would say well, yeah, he, above he, average player. He, he's a solid player. He's a guy you want on yeah. your team. And yeah. he, he so far is, is 7 for 49. So there's some definite issues with the Padres uh, hitting. But again, That's back to the That's a 143 Orioles. batting average. You're correct. Mm-hmm. Very I, good math. Do, do, do you know why I know that? You've been watching baseball for a pretty long time. That's what I would assume. I I, I know that two for seven is two eighty six. Uh, so okay. one for seven has to be one forty three. Makes sense. There you go. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get it. It's good you math. Zachary Goodman knows. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, I'm not very Goodman. <laughs> ha! I meant to hilarious. Call, I meant to call you that at the beginning Killing of the show. Me. Joining me is my co-host <laughs> and producer Zach. I'm not very Goodman. Not very good at what? I'm not very good, man. Uh, I don't know okay. anything. All right, all right. Not very good at golf. Mm, now you're not wrong. Ah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Ah, you're not wrong. It, it it stings. It hurts so much. I'm going to play today, so we'll see how I uh, see I, how I, I shoot. I wanted to go play the other day, and I just I, I the Orioles were playing in the afternoon, and they happened to lose yeah. that game. I I got to be honest. I was watching the Orioles game the other day, the afternoon game against Oakland that they lost, mm-hmm. and when they were down four to one, I turned on the Greg Norman thirty for thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they they got it back, and then I, I was like, <sighs> I, I kept thinking about the game, thinking about the game, and I was yeah. like, you know what, let me turn it back on. And then they, they promptly scored two runs, and then they promptly gave up two more runs in the top of the Don't you have, like, an iPad you can watch it on or something? Like, that, that would I be do. what you do. I just didn't feel like it. Oh, okay, all right. I just didn't feel yeah, I, I, I also knew that I was going to fall asleep, and, oh, okay. I, and, I, and I did. Okay. Uh, I nap quite a bit these days. Do you? Yeah. I, well, do, well here's, here's the thing. Um, for those of you that don't know, I, I, I do Glenn Clark Radio in the morning from 10 to about 12, 12.30, and then three nights a week I go to work at the restaurant. Um, the reason – but I don't get much sleep because – so if Laura is – if my wife is off work mm-hmm. on a given day, she does not like it when I go to the gym after after the show because I am there – I'm at the gym for quite a while. Yeah. Generally, if if I go in the afternoon, I'll stay for two and a half hours because I know I have nothing else going on. If I go in the morning, it's a lot of gym. Yeah. If I if I go in the morning, at, if I get up at six thirty and I'm at the gym by seven fifteen seven thirty, I have an hour and a half to I have about an hour and a half hour and fifteen minutes to get my workout in, and I and I do it faster, and then I have nothing else to do for the gym the re- the rest of the day. So I'm getting up every morning at six thirty. But I'm also working in a restaurant three nights a week, and I still have that restaurant uh, internal clock. Mm-hmm. So I'm still not getting to bed till about till after midnight. So I'm not getting much sleep most nights. Uh, so that's why I'm I'm napping a lot. I'm I am old that, and I'm an old man. I'm a, I, I'm I'm false. I, I, thirty seven is young in life, but it's significantly older than you. So you wouldn't understand that by the time sure, you get you get I guess. here, like it's it's crazy to me, man, because I feel really young. I feel really fit. I always feel like I, I'm strong. But I am sapped of energy about halfway through the day. I think we all are. I mean, I'm day. always sapped of energy. So yeah, but you're a college because you were out drinking eight beers last oh, night. Oh God, here we go again. <laughs> wow, Orioles banter. We, what, we got, what away, show are got, we a, doing? got away from us the, a little the bit. The Life and Times of Paul and Zach. Yeah, yeah. that could be another another yeah. show that we do. Yeah, we could do it. Press boxes, um, Life and Times. DL Hall. Mm-hmm. We haven't heard anything. I know. 
do do we have do we know anything? Again, I'll I'll, I'll ask Eric Garfield and see if I can get an update on that. Um, um, and we'll talk about it next show. But yeah, that's definitely a, a concern. Oh, I, I want to talk about it this show. Well, why, we why don't, why don't no, you I, Google DL Hall and tell me I what's will, going? I will do. I, I will. Do. I will do that. Uh, tell me what's going on with him because we haven't heard anything. Uh, we haven't heard anything one way or the other. I, I I imagine if there was a setback, we would have heard heard from it. I know that they just started extended spring extended spring training games yeah. this past week. I don't know if he's pitched any of those games or not. So yet. he's on the development list. Which I have no idea what that even means. I'll be honest with you. And it, it's my my assumption would be that it's it's essentially a list for rehabbing players that are, are going mm-hmm. through the minors. That's what I would guess, but um, that's that could be wrong. I was I was listening to a radio show the other day, and I think it was Ken Wyman who said that he thinks that uh, DL Hall is going to be used out of the bullpen. I can uh, totally th- see th- it this year. Uh, yeah. I, I, I feel like they look at him as a starter. I think they do. I don't personally long-term. I just don't think. Because if you look across the league, right, you have your starters. The, the generally, guys that are excluded from aces, right? We're not talking Max Scherzer, Jacob DeGroms of the world. We're talking your average, regular starters are the guys that have the best command. And you're talking with guys in the bullpen, especially the back end of the bullpen, are the guys that have the best stuff. And D.L. Hall, his stuff is far above his command. If you can put both together, then sure, I think he could be a starter. But well, I, I think generally, if he's just a stuff guy, he's going to end up in the he bullpen. He addressed that this year. And, I know he and, did. And, and he said, guys, I can throw strikes whenever I want. I mean, he I, can I, say I, that all he wants. I, 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 he said, my, there's nothing wrong with my command. I walk guys because I'm trying to strike guys out. Yeah, I, I get it. I mean, it, it, but he can say whatever he wants. He's got to make it true. He's got to come out here and put it on the statue. That's my yeah, point. I, I agree. I, I think that if you have a lefty that has a four pitch mix like he does, he can throw as hard as he can. Mm-hmm. That's a guy you want in your rotation. You you don't yeah. you, you don't you don't use a guy like that in your bullpen. Now, the, uh, worst case scenario, he becomes Josh Hader, and that's yeah, cool. Sure. Um, hopefully with a with a with a better you know, not, not as a um. <laughs> anyway, moving on. You, you, Storied past. Yeah, hopefully with not such a such a checkered past. Yeah. Um, um, but, but my my point is, it's just that generally, if he ha- if you have one or the other, which DL Hall is a stuff guy or, or command all day of the year, and I don't think even he would refute that. I mean, he throws hundred miles an hour. That's a stuff guy. He is more likely to end up as a back end bullpen guy than a back end rotation guy. That's my point. What are your expectations for Grayson Rodriguez this year at the major league level? Uh, I, I, my, uh, you tell me yours, and I'll give you mine. You want numbers, or do you like a like an average ERA, or you know how many what, wins whatever, you get? Whatever, 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 I don't care about. Wins. So I, it, well, wins are a meaningless stat. Yeah. I think Grayson Rodriguez will be a slightly above average starter. I don't think you're going to get much more out of him than that. I mean, if you look at, I'm going to look at what Casey Mize did when he first came up, and he was bad. And I think Grayson Rodriguez would be a little bit better than that. But now you see Casey Mize tearing everyone up, and he's he's the ace of the the ace of the Tigers, and he's he's really really uh, turned into a very good pitcher as we expected him to be. But again, when I talk about tempering the expectations, I will do the same thing with Grayson Rodriguez. I don't expect him to come out and put up a three and a half ERA. I expect more of a four and a half, maybe four point seven. You know, maybe he it, maybe his his FIP is a little lower, and he he you know gets runs into some hard luck here and there because the Orioles defense and it's not not the best defensive team in the world. You look. It across, you look at what he might do, and I, he might put up a one and a half war at most, maybe, which is perfectly fine. That'd be that'd be good, uh, but I don't have super high expectations again, just because I like to I like to temper them a little bit. I think that we expect guys to do that. I think we expect guys to get to the major league level and struggle. Yeah, he's never struggled anywhere. No, but neither did Casey Mize. All right, to be fair, he's he's never struggled anywhere. I I think he's a better pitcher than Casey Mize was at this point. Um. I do expect him to pitch to a three and a half ERA. I think he's going to get rookie of the year votes. I think that he's going to come. Uh, look, I also think he's going to come in and he'll have a start where he gives up six runs in three innings. 
or five runs in in, in two innings. Because every pitcher has has a start like that every yeah. now and again. But I think by and large, he's going to come in here and by the end of the year be the best pitcher in the Orioles rotation. Yeah. I mean, I, I you could be completely right. My point I am is, completely right. Uh, we'll see. I don't I, know about I'm 100% that. right. With... Okay. Uh, with Casey Mize, I mean, you look, you look at his numbers in the minors. Um, he, in 2019, he had a two two 2.55 ERA, a .942 whip. I mean, the guy was a really good pitcher. And then he came up in 2020 and had a 6.99 uh, ERA and seven starts. I mean, he sucks. It, 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 well, last year he, he put up a uh, 3.71 ERA and 30 starts. I mean, the guy turned into a good pitcher, and he was he was striking out um, a good amount of guys last year and, and putting up some solid whip numbers as well in the, in the low 1,000s. So, look, I, I just want to temper my expectations, and I think that's – what most Orioles fans should do. Um, and I don't think your expectations are, are entirely unrealistic. I'm not saying they are. I just, I, personally, I'd rather take the more uh, conservative route on that. All right. So, what were, what were his minor league numbers? Casey Mize? Yeah. Uh, so, he well, had a 2.55 ERA and a .942 whip in 2020, or 2019. All right. Grayson Rodriguez, 1.40 ER, one ERA level? in 2018. Uh, in the, in, uh, I'm, I'm going through. Okay. Uh, in the, in the uh, Gulf Coast Rookie League. In 2019 at Delmarva, which was high A, 10 and 4 with a 2.68 ERA and a .989 WHIP. In 2021 across two leagues, a 9 and 1 with a 2.36 ERA and a .825 WHIP. Yeah. And in 2022, he is what is he? 2 and 0 with a 1.26 ERA and a .488 mm-hmm. WHIP. That's better than Casey Mize. So, uh, yeah, not so, it, it, uh, no. It's, he's, it's, he, it's, it's, it's it's better. It, I mean, what? Sure, we'll call it better, but by by a slight margin. By a but slight margin. My point. But, my point is, is that still you can't come up and expect him to, to win the Cy Young. And the, a, lot, don't. a lot of Orioles fans will, though. A lot of people will, will get way too excited and get overzealous about him. But I'm just saying, temporary expectations. I'm not saying he's going to be a bad pitcher. I'm not going to say he's going to pitch that 7 ERA that Casey Mize did in his rookie year. Not saying that. There are I'm just people, saying There are people who think that Gigli was, it was, Gigli was a good movie. Well. And it's notoriously the worst movie in history. <laughs> there, there, there are people out there that believe things. I'll bring up another great example for you. Lucas Giolito, another guy who Lucas was... Lucas Giolito, was, he, he was... He was, he was the worst pitcher in baseball and turned into a top five pitcher in baseball. Yeah, Roy Halladay had the worst, until Brian Mattis, had the worst ERA in the yeah. history of baseball over a season. Yeah. When got sent back down to the minors and became a Hall of Famer. Yeah, G- Giolito was a guy that was a top five prospect in baseball at one point. I mean, he was the real deal. No, then, I, I, yeah. Uh, uh, for some reason, I thought you said Casey Myers. No, Giolito, look, he's been one of my picks for Cy Young each of the last mm-hmm. two years. Yep. Lucas Giolito was a very good pitcher, yeah. but when he was in the Nationals organization, he was, he was struggling a little bit. He came to the White yeah. Sox and he struggled a little bit, and you were kind of thinking maybe this guy isn't going to ever figure it out, and he did. I just look yeah. at Grayson Rodriguez. I look at what he's done at every level. I look at the command he has, how hard he throws, and I look at his mentality mm-hmm. and the fact that he's gotten better every single year, uh, and I see a guy who's going to hit the ground running. Uh, you know, uh, again, I sure hope so. Th- there's going to be there's going to be games where he struggles, but I real I believe he's going to hit the ground running. And and look, I'm a temper your expectations kind of guy. I, I I when it comes to mm-hmm. Orioles prospects, I expect them to come up here and struggle. I expect sure. I I don't think Rutschman's going to hit 290 with 20 homers no. once he gets here. I expect him to struggle. You're looking at probably like 245 with. I, I think he's, I, I think he's better than a 245 hitter. We'll see, but I th- but I, I think he, he's I think he'll hit 260 with 15 home runs. Um, but I, I look at Grayson Rodriguez and something about him, man. This dude's just special. I really think this dude's just special, and I think I think you have a future Cy Young Award winner 
in Grayson Rodriguez. Oh, I would agree with that. I, 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 yeah. I think I think he is special, and he's one of those guys who doesn't skip a beat. No, I, I I definitely agree with you there. I think Grayson Rodriguez will definitely put his name in the Cy Young voting for for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm talking four years down the road from now uh, is yeah. when that happens, and maybe three. Maybe he turns out a little little earlier than you expect him to. But I I'm just I I'm maybe more on the conservative side of things because I I guess I've just seen it play out with so many guys where they're hyped up as huge prospects and then they come up and they struggle a little bit, but then they figure it out. They become great pitchers, mm-hmm. and that's probably what's going to happen to Grayson Rodriguez. But he may start off a little hotter than, than I expect. I could be wrong. Uh, but but one also behind it is you look at what Chris Holt and the analytics department has done mm-hmm. with, with the Orioles staff currently. Yeah. And we can both agree that Grayson Rodriguez is better than any pitcher on this Orioles By staff. By far. Right? He's better than that. So why wouldn't he have success? Yeah. I mean, up here? You're so, not, yeah. But, but look, it, it's a matter of getting here. And when he gets here, you know, we're going to be ready for the struggles. We're going to be ready for greatness. And we're going to see games where this guy looks unhittable. And you're going to see games where, it look, like, look, it, he just doesn't have it today. Right. He, he's not missing bats. That's what happens with young guys, but I think that he's going to be way more good than bad. And like I said, I'm expecting about a three and a half ERA out of him. That, when I say expect, I don't expect it. I think that's what he's going to do. Okay. All right. Yeah. My expect if if he pitches to a four two or a four seven, I wouldn't be surprised. But I mm-hmm. think what he's going to do is the difference between expecting him to do and what he's going to do. Yeah. And fair I enough. think he's going to have a three and a half ERA. We got to catch our final break. When we come back, it's going to be. Uh, take the rake, and I, I, I don't think it's good news for your boy Zach Goodman over there. That and more next on the Battle Round. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. 
The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, diving into where his passion for baseball and for catching comes from and how he uses that passion to elevate those around him in the Orioles organization. Also inside, Bo Smolka takes a look at how the Ravens' 2021 draft picks can make progress in year two, and Glenn Clark offers a very unique tribute to former rival Mike Krzyzewski that all Maryland fans can appreciate. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fandle Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140 a.m. Brought to you by the Fandle Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, welcome back to the bat around some of that old GCR. I'm gonna music. let it play. We, let we it play. always let it play. We're good. We we let it play a little bit there, uh, guys. It's time for take to rake. Uh, take to rake is brought to you by. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley, that guy, every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fandle Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VSIN's Aaron Oster get, joins the guys every week to give you all the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140 a.m. Brought to you by the Fandle Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBox online and every other Thursday at 1140 tune in for weekend bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports's Brad Cronenthal helps you make some money for the weekend all right thank you for that weird read weird why was uh, it weird because you did it. I, don't, <laughs> I don't know uh, guys it's time for take to rake uh, I am 1-0 and 1 this season yeah. after I took uh, Jorge Mateo and you took who was it Ramona Rios Ramona Rios uh, last time and um so I'm one zero and one. Surprise, surprise. Zach's zero one and one. Um, we haven't had a guest pick yet. We'll have to. We'll have to do that. Yeah, we don't um, have him on late enough at the at the moment. We'll have to do. We should have done Karpovich. I guess we should have done it earlier in the show. But oh yeah, well. but, but he, well, he, he had to go. So yeah, okay. I, I, he he had he had to go early. What we're gonna try and do from here on out is try and get our our Orioles guest at around eleven forty so they can play take to rake with mm-hmm. us. I like to give the the first couple of weeks. I've been wanting to give us a. What are you looking for? I thought you dropped a, a live read. I'm still looking. We still have some uh, some reads to do. So I was making sure there was one on the that was. What is there a um, Baltimore police? We department? got two Baltimore polices to do. There, it's probably in this binder. He didn't print it out. Gotcha. It, it gotcha. was. It wasn't printed out. I was wondering about that. I, okay. I, I, I can pull we it up my computer over here if you need no, to. No, I, I I got it in the binder. Okay. We'll, we'll do that. So speaking of which, you can join a, a proud new tradition of Baltimore police. If I can find this in here, I think I just stopped mid thought to do this. <laughs> um. No, oh, yeah, we 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 generally have the uh, reads the reads printed out. This yeah, one, yeah. Not- the, 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 so 
something. It's, it, it's all good. There. It's all good. Yeah, join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. That's bpdrecruit.org. Are we missing any other ones? Uh, did you do GCR yet? I don't. Yes. I, okay, we did GCR. that. GCR. Then never yes. mind. Then we then we only have Baltimore police again. So just okay. one more time. We're good to go. All right. Um. But yeah. So. I have never lost in Take the Rake. I've lost throughout the season, but I've never lost a season of Take the Rake. Mm-hmm. I am now 2-0, and as we are now mm-hmm. firmly into year three of Take the Rake. Mm-hmm. And this past week, this past week... It was, it was closer than you actually would think. It, it was. It was closer than I thought. Yeah. I took Austin Hayes. Zach took Anthony Santander. Yes. Now, Austin Hayes went 8 for 24, which is a 333 batting yeah. average for you math whizzes, with two doubles, three <laughs> RBIs, and a walk. Anthony Santander went 6 for 24, which is a 250 mm-hmm. um, batting average, with one double, one RBI, and five walks. The five walks made it closer, but that yeah. five walks isn't raking. It's having good plate discipline, but Santander has been off the charts with this yep. year. I win because. Austin Hayes raked. Austin Hayes drove in. Uh, he drove in three runs. He went eight for twenty-four. Had some big hits. Really started to sting the ball last night, notwithstanding. Um, and he had that game-tying double against the Athletics the other day. Mm-hmm. So a lot closer than I, I thought. I came in here with it with a landslide victory. And when I looked at the numbers, no. Anthony Santander made it. Made it. Made had, it close. He had a good week. But he had, he had a good week. But Austin Hayes was just a little bit better. Now, if it was take to walk. <laughs> Santander wins. Yep. Um, with that being said, I win. I am now two zero and one. Zach is zero two and one, which means I get to pick first, and I'm taking Trey Mancini. Trey's been hitting the cover off the ball with no success to show for it. I think some of these hits start start um, start dropping. I think he's going to hit his first home run up in okay. New York. Uh, maybe he'll do it in in LA, but I think he's going to hit his first home run. Maybe a couple. This week, and I think that he's going to hit into some much better luck moving forward. Give me my guy, Austin Hayes. Take him. Austin Hayes. All right, I think he's primed for a slowdown. A lot of a lot of pop ups <laughs> these days. The thing, <coughs> you would hope so. <coughs> what just happened? I don't know. You just you're dying over there. Yeah, something like that. Old man, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slow down. This is a neighborhood. Um, Austin Hayes. I love him. I like him. I don't love him. I do. And I'll tell you why I don't I'm love a fan. him. Good hitter, great defender. This is your final thought? Great, great arm. This isn't my final thought. Okay. Um, he is way too aggressive mm-hmm. at the plate. He doesn't take enough pitches. Yeah. He's constantly swinging. And, and maybe because he's a dead red hitter, he's constantly yeah. swinging at the first pitch because it's a first pitch fastball. I yeah. mean, he worked a count to 3 2 yesterday, took some, some close pitches, and then swings at the ball up by his chin mm-hmm. to strike out. And he was pissed off about it. And he should have been. It was a. It, I almost cursed. It was a terrible. Terrible pitch to swing at, a terrible hack, and he looked. He didn't look good doing it. Austin Hayes can be, I think he could be Tyler Tyler O'Neill type of player, a Tyler O'Neill type of a player, uh, if he had any kind of plate discipline, right. and, he, and he just doesn't have it. He, no. uh, I, and one of my bold bold predictions for this year, and I'm I'm still sticking to it, was that Austin Hayes was going to hit 30 home runs, but Austin Hayes could hit 30 home runs with a 280 batting average if he had. A, 
some plate discipline. Instead, he'll probably hit two two. He'll probably hit thirty home runs with about a two forty, two fifty batting. Possibly, average. yeah. Because he he chases pitches and he's constantly swinging at the first. Still hasn't gotten into a home run yet, which I'm waiting yeah, for. No, I, but nobody he, has. He, they have four home runs due, as a right. team. Four for as a team, which is shocking. Yeah. No, I I'm a big Hayes fan because the the tools are there and I lo- I love the tools, the athletic guys. But right, swing decisions are such a big part of baseball and they're becoming more and more uh, prevalent because of analytics and mm-hmm. teams love swing decisions. I can promise you that they love swing decisions and. Austin Hayes is not a guy who makes good ones. I, 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 there's something to be said for a quality at right, bat. And right. Austin Hayes doesn't have a lot of quality right. at bats. And there's actually a stat for that, where a quality at bat is defined as seeing four or more pitches yeah. or getting a base hit with extremely hard contact. There is a stat for anything. Right. It's incredible. And I guarantee you, if you were to look at his quality at bat stat, it's not good. Quality at bat stat. Quality at bat stat uh, with the bat. Um I already doesn't rhyme bat with bat. Damn it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I I think if you look at that stat for Austin Hayes, yeah, he doesn't have a ton of quality at bats. No, not I, not I many. would venture to say that he that it's that number is not very high. I would agree. Um, but that's the player that he is. Hopefully, it improves a little bit. Anything can happen. Anthony Santander is suddenly an on base machine. Which we never saw coming. So hopefully that's what turns out to be the case with Austin Hayes. My final thought is that, and we saw a little bit last night, and it's it's very similar to my final thought last week, Mm -hmm. is that this Orioles offense is about to turn it around. Mm -hmm. A trip to New York, and then you're coming back to Camden Yards. The the weather's warming up a little bit here. Um, It's going to be high 50s, low 60s the entire series in New York. Weather in April in New York is just terrible. It's always cold and it's always raining. It's like Seattle on the East Coast. Um, But I think you're going to see several home runs over the next okay. eight to eight to ten games. I think that the Orioles are going to... And look, going out to play in Anaheim, not not a big-time hitter's ballpark. Oakland no. certainly isn't. Um, and then when they were playing in Baltimore, the weather was just not not there for, for, yeah. for home runs. And with that new left-field wall, um, I think you're going to start to see the Orioles start hitting a lot more home runs. Mm-hmm. Mount Castle hasn't gotten hot yet. Santander's no. been playing well, but it only has a one home run to hit on opening day. Mancini's been hitting in the tough luck. Yeah. The home runs are coming, and I think they're coming soon. Okay. My final thought is going to be on Tyler Wells. Uh, if Tyler Wells comes out again and has another sort of rough start where he gives up three or four and he only goes four innings, three innings, I think I'm getting to the point where I'm a little bit done with the experiment. And I, I said a few weeks ago that I wanted to call up Bradish as one of my final thoughts. And I think that would be the move I'd like to make. I would like to move Tyler Wells back to the bullpen and call Kyle Bradish up as your starting pitcher. But this is more of a fi- final thought about Wells, is that I like him so much in the bullpen, I think he's a dog in the back of the bullpen where he can come out and you can actually trust him. And so far, there have been a lot of guys out of the back of the bullpen that Brandon Hyde can trust. So maybe he doesn't look at it that way, that, oh, he needs another guy in the back of the bullpen. But again, like I said before, you can always get better. And Tyler Wells makes the back of your bullpen better. And I think Kyle Bradish makes your starting rotation better. I don't really want to see these three or four. I'm, I, I I hate openers. I do not like the concept at all, and I don't think it provides you with a lot of value uh, in your starting pitching. So, for me, Tyler Wells back to the bullpen if there's another uh, bad blow-up start where he only can go three or four innings. My my thing with Tyler Wells, and I said it earlier, I think that you give him a little bit longer release because I think that the talent and the acumen yeah. is there um, for him to be successful. It's just that I don't like openers. I don't... I, I say move him back to the bullpen if this is the role that you have him in all year. Yeah. I don't want to see a, a guy go out there oh, every no. fifth day who's only going to pitch three innings. I, yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't, I don't want to watch that. Exactly. I, I think that's bad for your team. Yeah. Um, I, so if if you're ramping him up and eventually you're going to let him go five, six, maybe sometimes seven innings mm-hmm. in a game, 
I'm okay with that. But if 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 all he's ever going to be this year is three and maybe four inning starter, then just put him in the bullpen. Yeah, uh, and let him do that when when uh, when a starter gets shelled, or right. put him in the back end of the bullpen and let him come in and be. I mean, you look at I think Felix Bautista by far and away is a, is a future closer for yeah. this team. Although I think Jorge Lopez is going to get a really long run in that role. Oh yeah, right until, until he until he blows it, <laughs> um, until he blows a few saves and, and Brandon Hyde gets a little less confident in him, then yeah, he's going to get the run out there. And His sinker is moving better than I've ever seen it move. It's unbelievable. He's yeah, throwing he, 99 mile an hour sinkers that are or have like 12 inches of, of arm side break. It's incredible. Yeah, he um he's looked borderline un- unhittable. He has. At times, especially, yeah. and Stan mentioned it, uh, that dominating save that I watched on my phone. Uh, at a, in between acts at a concert yeah. this week in, in Oakland, he was absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, Tyler Wells <clears throat> back to the bullpen for me. If he is only going to be a three to four inning starter, if the, your plan is to ramp him up and let him go five, six, seven innings, then I, I'm okay with you leaving him in there because I do think that he's an enticing piece. Yeah for that rotation. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Bat Around today. Again, today's show was brought to you by the Baltimore Police Department. Again, you can join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community, starting with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Again, they signed you out about 60K uh, over there, which is the highest uh, level of pay in the state for police. So you can join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Again, that's bpdrecruit.org. That's going to do it for us here on the Bat Around. We will see you next week with some great guests and probably another win and take the rake for Paul. Uh, (laughs) Until then, see ya!